Hello, and thanks for tuning into this bonus episode of the Cartridge Club. If you're new to the club, I will quickly explain what we are. The Cartridge Club is a community of content creators and gamers of all generations. We interact on Twitter, play games together online, and chat it up on the forums at www.cartridgeclub.org. This bonus show is going to be all about Overwatch and will contain spoilers. I'm not sure Overwatch has any spoilers, but you have been warned. Now, let's meet the panel. First up, from the Flock Talk podcast, a man who swings a mighty hammer, we have Miles, also known as Flock of Nerds on PSN. Thanks for joining us, Miles. Don't get caught with your beard in the litter box. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in case anybody is listening for the first time, why don't you let them know what Flock of Nerds is, who you are, and where they can find you. Uh, Flock of Nerds is a YouTube channel uh, that uh, I do with uh, my partner, Catherine. Uh, we also have a podcast called Flock Talk that you can find on the YouTube channel or on SoundCloud or, of course, on the cartridgeclub.org uh, website. We, we do Let's Plays and it's about gaming and yada, yada, yada. It's amazing. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty good time. I definitely re recommend checking it out. And if you happen to be on the PlayStation Network, Shoot him a friend request. Uh, his, like I said, his name is Flock of Nerds there. And maybe you guys can group up for a little uh, um, objective uh, handling. Nope, that's weird. Overwatch. Right, moving on. Uh, we'll be playing Overwatch. <laughs> 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 moving on. Um, so, as well today, Death Walks Among Us from the Polykill podcast and YouTube channel. We are thrilled to welcome Jake, a.k.a. The McAxel, on Xbox Live. Die, die, die. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Good, good. Jake, uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to be here. I know you have another show later, so I appreciate you making uh, this uh, this one. Yeah, no no doubt. Anytime I get a chance to uh, to geek out over Overwatch with a group of friends, I will, I will make the time. Solid. So why don't you let everybody listening know uh, just exactly what the magical thing about Polykill is and where they can find it. So you can find Polykill on all of the major podcast services, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Podbean, all that stuff. Um, and it's a uh, me and my buddy Travis. We talk uh, biweekly about our adventures in our gaming backlog. So we just talk about trying to balance our regular life with beating games and just eliminating that big pile of shame that, uh, that haunts us daily. And then once every three weeks or semi-bi-monthly or semi-bi-weekly, uh, we do an off-topic off podcast. So, yeah, check them out. Overwatch is probably the highest quality audio you can get in a non-professional podcast. If you are somebody who loves sultry tones in your ears, I definitely recommend. You mean uh, you mean Polykill? You said Overwatch. What did you I got say? Overwatch. You said Overwatch is <laughs> the highest quality podcast. <laughs> Not going to stand by what I said. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> no argument for me. Yeah, overkill. Over polywatch. What are we what are we talking about? <laughs> All right. So, next up, this hero never dies. One of the hosts of the weekly YouTube show in the Q-Dog house, we have Eric, known as the gamer tag Mighty Q-Dog. Your guardian angel. <laughs> yes, you are, Eric. So uh, in our in our little Overwatch group, Eric is our, our de facto healer, and it's because he has such a kind heart that uh, he spreads all over the internet and YouTube on his uh, on his weekly show. So why don't you let everybody know what the Q Dog host is and where they can find it? 
Uh, sure. Uh, my wife, Melissa, and I, we have a YouTube channel called Mighty Q-Dog. And once a week, we do a five-minute video in the Q-Dog house, which is mostly for Cartridge Club members about our weekly experience, what we've been doing. And uh, generally, our YouTube channel is about our video game collecting, uh, just our personal uh, experiences with it. It is, uh, without a doubt, my favorite show to watch on Tuesday mornings in the washroom. Well, that's that's high praise. Thank you. You are welcome. I do most of my <laughs> watching in the washroom, so it, uh, you're up against some big guns there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if you're familiar with the Cartridge Club, you do know that I normally host these shows with my co-host and brother, uh, the man who, with whom I shared a womb. Unfortunately, he is not present. He does not play Overwatch because he uh, just, frankly, isn't good enough. Uh, he's also never going to listen to this, so I can say whatever trash about him I want. But we needed to fill the spot of co-host, and there was only one person I could possibly think of, and this man is the fastest six-gun in the Midwest, Mr. Musty Hobbit. Well, it's high noon somewhere in the world. (laughs) It certainly is. Thanks for being here, Musty. More importantly, thank you for for filling the role of P2. Um, You'll be my P2 today. Okay, big shoes. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, at this point, I'm going to turn things over to you. Let everybody know uh, where they can find you, what it is that uh, Musty Hobbit is all about. Maybe give them a little uh, tip on uh, on where they can get a good meal early in the morning or mid-afternoon morning, maybe uh, if they've already had a, a one breakfast. And then uh, and then roll Absolutely. right into the show. Okay, that sounds good. Um, yeah, so I uh, host a YouTube channel, uh, Musty Hobbit. Um, probably just search for it. That's probably the easiest way to do that. You can also find me on the Cartridge Club website. Uh, I do post my stuff there. Uh, the big things my channel does, it started as a collecting channel. Um, it still, at its core, still has some flavor of that, um, I promise, to those who are missing my pickup videos. But uh, lately I have been doing uh, weekly vlogs uh, that I will call them vlogs, I guess. Uh, called Second Breakfast, uh, where I address uh, the things that are going on in my life and uh, talk about a a gaming or not gaming related topic. Uh, recently, we've been talking a lot about E3, uh, and so I have been highlighting uh, topics in that realm. But yeah, you can also find me on Twitter. That's probably where I am most frequently at Musty Hobbit. But yeah, let's get let's get started. Uh, we are all excited. Uh, to come together today to uh, group up and talk about Overwatch. Um, so uh, go into a little bit of background on the game. Uh, obviously, this is a this is a Blizzard developed game. Uh, Blizzard, best known for Warcraft, Diablo, and Starcraft. Uh, this is their fourth major major franchise, aside from some Super Nintendo titles that uh, people seem to forget sometimes. Um, Directed by Jeffrey Kaplan and Chris Metzen, who were former developers on WoW. Uh, They had uh, split off to take... When WoW, I guess, is getting to that time when it was slowing down, they were looking to uh, move into Titan, which was their new new MMO, uh, and uh, been in development on that for a couple of years. uh, And then Titan, in, I think, 2013, got scrapped. and from the ashes rose this monster that is Overwatch. Uh, also, one of the directors on this is Aaron Keller. Um, I don't, I can't find any information on this guy. Um, let's see. 
This is available on Xbox One, PS4, and PC, uh, and it was uh, released just a little over a year ago. Um, in general, Overwatch is a first-person shooter, um, but it is a, a team-based objective shooter um, with some of the best heroes in the gaming realm, uh, and we will get into that shortly. Um, I'm going to say that not all of us had this from day one, but let's go ahead and start with first impressions. Uh, and I want to start with Miles, your first impressions of Overwatch, since you were, I think, one of, Jake, I'm not sure about you, but I know, Miles, you said you were an early adopter? I was, yes. So I was playing Last of Us online multiplayer for a really long time, and uh, it was getting a little stale, but I, I was still I was still pretty deep into it. And a friend of mine, Frazier from PPG, and uh, another friend, Chris Hodgson from Nintendo Hodge, they were playing the beta on PS4 for Overwatch, and they were like, Miles, you gotta just, it's free, just download it. The first one's free, you know, uh, get in on this, it's amazing. And so I went in and I was hesitant. I was like, ready to hate this thing. Um, but I get in and I play it. And like after three matches, I was just like, okay, I guess this is what I'll be doing from now on. Later, Last of Us, just remove that from my PS4 and uh, we'll be we'll be getting the Overwatch. So I went in and I pre-ordered it one day before it came out and we got it with the uh, little Winston toy and I've been playing it uh, ever since. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I, uh, Jake, how, how about you? Did, did you pick this up at launch or was this a later acquisition? Uh, I picked it up shortly after launch. Uh, I actually downloaded the beta to my PS4 <laughs> and just never played it. I, I, it was just bad timing, and I, I wanted to get in on it, but I just I never had the chance. So, um, you know, obviously I saw all the fanfare surrounding its release, and you knew it had a, a kind of this huge following even before release from the beta, and just you know, it's Blizzard, so everybody was just sort of you know smoking that crack because that's what Blizzard sells is crack. And um, so I I jumped in pretty early. Um, I would say within within a month of release, I think, yeah. Yeah, that beta, um, I I too downloaded that beta, but I, I think I fired it up. I didn't actually ever start a match, and I can't imagine what would have gone differently had I actually played it at that point. Um, I know I know there was a big chunk of us that, um, that picked it up later on. There was a free weekend in October. I know, I know Eric and, and P1, uh, that, that was kind of our our time for it but what uh jake i think i didn't ask you for your first impression did i <laughs> i think no no it's okay <laughs> <laughs> i got it uh so first impression you know i i occasionally dabble in the um you know first person online shooter i never really got terribly competitive with it uh, mainly because you know most online shooters are about kd right and that's just never been something i've been great at um mainly just because I, I I never put enough time into it and I never cared enough about the game to to play it long enough to get good. You know, I'd jump in and have some fun, but, you know, I never became what I would consider proficient in any of them. Um, and then, you know, here comes Overwatch, sort of, I guess, you know, immediately striking is, you know, the art style. Um, it, it's not trying to be um, uh, competing in the Call of Duty space. It's something on its own. You know, I'm sure a lot of people would say, yeah, it's just copying Team Fortress, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. 
no, no matter, you know, it's very much a structured game where it's about the objective and not about the KD. And that, that is just huge to me. Uh, the fact that, you know, you get eliminations and that's cool, but that's not how you win the game. You got to complete the objective and, 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 you know, on the underlying, uh, aspect of the the design that that forces at least a certain amount of cooperation and um it makes you feel like you're playing on a team rather than playing with a group of of you know lone wolves a pack of lone wolves if they if, if you can come up with something better please do but that's that's what comes to mind hanzo mains yeah hanzo mains there we go <laughs> all right so so eric uh, as i was saying there are a few of us that that sort of jumped on the bandwagon late um so when you decided to uh, embrace the Overwatch, what was uh, what was your initial take? What were your first impressions? Yeah, well, my first impressions were coming. I had only ever played really Halo Two and a little bit of Halo Three online before, and so my first impression was Overwatch is this is a very fast-paced game, and I'm going to die a lot. Uh, I, it was just, I, I, I did not like the game at first. I was like, this is way too fast. I'm, I'm, I don't have the reflexes for this, but, um, I was playing it with friends, you know, with the cartridge club. So that, that was fun. And, uh, yeah, I'll state at first. I, this wasn't a game. I didn't think this game was going to be for me because I just knew I didn't have the skill to play it. And, um, I, I warmed up to it, uh, over time. And so, um. I'm glad. I'm glad I I'm glad I got this. This game was nowhere near on my radar. It was nothing I was interested in multiplayer only requiring skill. That's not for me. So, um so yeah, my first impressions weren't real favorable, but uh, I definitely stuck with it, played with uh, played with friends and it's become a great great experience and I'm really glad that uh I gave it a chance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I want to kick to P1 now because this game on paper aligns with uh, everything I'm against. Not a, not a, <laughs> everything you're against. So, so, so let's 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 talk about that really quickly, and then let's get your first impression once you did embrace uh, embrace the uh, the behemoth that is Overwatch. Sure. So uh, when Overwatch released, I was actually uh, deployed overseas. I believe I was in Greece the weekend it came out. And we went into a game, which is uh, the European version of GameStop if you're American, or EB Games if you're Canadian, or the European version of Game if you're Australian. And um, so I went in there and I saw this game on the sh- on the store shelves, and the, art- the instantly the artwork jumped at me, and I was like, oh wow, well this looks cool. Overwatch, Blizzard, right on. PS4. At that point, I didn't have a PS4 or an Xbox One, and I don't PC game. Um, so I picked it up and I, I, I brought the PS4 version up to the counter and I asked the person that, you know, that working there, I was like, uh, can you tell me about this? I, I had, I knew nothing about this game. So I said, what, you know, is this first person or third person? And the, the, the woman behind the counters had no idea what I was saying because she didn't speak English. So, um, I ended up having to Google it and figure it out. And I, when I figured out, oh, it's a first person shooter, I was like, man, man, that sucks. I, I do like Blizzard and I like this art style, but... Uh, a first-person shooter is not for me. My my background is I don't enjoy them. I'm not good at them. I get lost very easily in that 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 space for some reason. Um, and I'm I'm very I'm a very visually driven gamer. I like to see my character. Uh, I spent uh, an entire season of raiding uh, in Warcraft wearing gear that was uh, a tier lower than it should have been because it looked better than the the current higher tier stuff. So. Uh, I just had to get better skill-wise. Um, so I'm very visually driven, and not being able to see my characters kind of 
kind of bums me out. So I don't like online-only games. I don't like first-person shooters. Um, and I, this at that point, it was, this is just a game I'm never going to play. This isn't for me. So I came home from that trip, and uh, my friend uh, Nick, who does have an Xbox One, um, had Overwatch. And I was over his host one night. Uh, he was having a couple of drinks. Uh, I was enjoying a delicious Red Bull. This podcast sponsored to you by Red Bull. Um, it gives you wings. Um, like mercy. So uh, <laughs> I went there, and he, he threw it on. And I was like, oh, let's have a look. And he so he started, the first thing he did was hand me the controller. And I was like, ah, I, don't want, uh, I don't want this. He said, do the training mission, see what you think. So I played through the training session as uh, Soldier uh, 76. And the first thing I thought was, this game is accessible. This, you don't need to be a Call of Duty lone wolf pro. You don't need to be a Battlefield, uh, you know, engineer team switching between machines and guns and expert. You're like you don't, you don't have to know what you're doing to enjoy this. So we we threw on a couple of matches. Um, I got to play the game in my first night uh, playing on his Xbox One, and that that sold me. Well, my I saw his name come up, and I saw what I had done. And all I had done was use my ultimate, and then it auto-aimed and killed a bunch of people for me. But I had done it, and Blizzard has this ability to reach into your brain, and whatever it is that you're addicted to, they just like to, they pull those strings, and they had done it. So um, I went and I debated. At this point, I still didn't own an Xbox One. I am, I could, I am probably the least Microsoft-friendly person you know. If you're listening to this podcast, I am the, the smallest supporter of Microsoft, um, I buy Macs in my house. I even at work when I'm forced to use Windows, I it, I cringe. I I bought an Xbox One. I got the One S, um, and I bought Overwatch and I bought Xbox Live Gold to play specifically with my friend Nick. And then it turned out other I was able to entice other members of the Cartridge Club to come along on this journey. And uh, every second from that from that first play of the game. I have never regretted my decision because Overwatch is so much fun. Even losing can be fun. Now, there are some losses that are incredibly frustrating, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But uh, this game took somebody who despises first-person shooters, who isn't even able to play them without getting lost and disoriented and just being generally unhappy, to making me... I, I adore it. I absolutely adore it. It is the most played game in my house. Um, I've got something like 66 hours on Reinhardt alone. Um over 200 wins, close to 300 wins, just on him, and it's uh, it's all because of a uh, because Blizzard said, uh, "Hey, good good job using your ultimate." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 more than I think that I've ever heard of of the the background here. I know that I know that when we, I know that I I got the um, what we're calling now the musty treatment when because uh, <laughs> uh, we had there was a free weekend. Uh, that was my first, like, like I said, I, I downloaded the beta, um, and didn't play it. I sort of was looking at it and was just like, well, I don't have a ton of people to play online. So this, this probably isn't, isn't ideal for me right now. So eh, whatever. And I heard, I would hear people talking about it. There were some podcasts that, that, you know, it's a weekly installment on their, uh, on their what's going on with me section. But when that free weekend rolled around and we, we, we played that first weekend it was it was so easy to get into this world you, you mentioned accessibility and that and that is 100 percent uh like at the core of this game that is that is everything about i think why this 
hits on every style of player uh, and uh, we'll we'll get into gameplay and and the heroes and things like that but there is somebody who fits your play style regardless of who you are even for people who don't play first person shooters or who uh you know don't like carrying a gun um there's there's enough variety there that that your your hardened uh one shot sniper person has plenty of options while at the same time you're um you know your your melee uh you know has plenty of options as well but uh yeah that free weekend was it hooked me but then i i and then i decided to wait for a sale and that was a mistake i should have just gone and bought it right then and there silly silly me but uh the see while you waited while musty waited for that sale uh, those of us, the growing numbers of us who were playing the game online in the cartridge slope together, myself, Eric, uh, Fitnat, uh, James, uh, Retropixel, uh, there's a bunch of us that were playing every weekend, and we all wanted Musty to play with us. So we made sure that we uh, copied him in every tweet. Knowing he didn't have the game, we copied him in every tweet saying we were playing um, for like three months, it felt like. Uh, yeah. You actually rented the game twice in that space. I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I rented it. I rented it twice on weekends where I knew that I had time. Um, yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> Again, more more reason why I just should have bought it because I think the rental the rental on top of what I ended up paying probably would have been a wash. So think of think about the loot boxes you could have bought with the, that rental money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll talk about loot boxes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get into let's get into the story, right? Most most first person shooters here in you know there is a story campaign. Overwatch is unique because it lacks it lacks that, but there is so much more lore than than I think some of the big time shooters that are out. Certainly more than the Call of Duties, but even the ones that are you know the big franchises. Um, I hate to bring up Halo because I feel like Halo does have a, a pretty pretty good story and good lore but for something that doesn't have that campaign blizzard has done uh you know there are comics and uh there's these animated shorts that they've been putting out with with some frequency that that introduce a lot of the background and the interactions between these characters but we should probably start at the beginning uh and talk a little bit about how overwatch uh like what overwatch is itself and how uh and how these heroes uh, got brought together. So we want to sort of hand this off and let you guys kind of talk about it or... Yeah, go ahead. Pick somebody. Tell them they got to tell the story. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> Who's Miles sweating the has most? been in it the longest. Let's, let's go with you, Miles. <laughs> you see, uh, <sighs> the story for me is... Okay, I, I got to go way back here. I loved the TV show Lost. Okay, and part of the reason why I loved Lost was because of the lack of story they gave you, and they let you come up with the answers yourself. And the way that Overwatch just comes out, and you're piecing together the story from the voice lines, you're piecing it together from the sprays, the way the characters interact with each other in the off time, like when you're waiting in a room, and then you're like, oh wait, that guy's the bad guy? Or like, they were friends before, but what happened? (laughs) You know, and it's like, I'm developing the story myself, and then every little tidbit they give you, they just have to show you an animated short with Bastion 
walking towards a castle and tears are coming from your eyes. You know, <laughs> like it's 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 insane the the way that they were able to uh, develop the intrigue um, for for the story and and by not telling us everything right off the bat. Uh, I think. From my understanding, the basic story is that there was a team like the Watchmen. They were Overwatch, and uh, the team got segmented at some point with Blackwatch. Am I right at all about this? Um, they were fighting Omnix at some point. I don't know. I love May. Like, <laughs> so I honestly, I don't really know what the story is, but I like um, experiencing the story uh, the way that they are trying to get me to experience it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Miles. I, uh, if it's okay, if I just jump in here, um, the. Uh, Overwatch was basically a team of heroes that was put together to fight what was known as the Omnic Crisis, which was an uprising of sentient machines. Um, and then Overwatch was able to overcome this. And then essentially they were uh, kind of sanctioned by the UN as kind of a peacekeeping force. And then over time, as, as society often does, they, they tire them. They start questioning their tactics. Uh, Blackwatch was like a covert uh, wing of Overwatch. And that's where we get our characters like uh, Reyes, who ends up becoming Reaper, um, Widowmaker, people like that. And, um, you know, they the start questioning some of the tactics that happen. And then uh, Overwatch is, is disavowed. Uh, and then um, years and years pass. This is all, you know, a, a long time before what we see in the game. Uh, and then... Uh, Basically, a cry goes out from from Winston to respond to a new threat and kind of reassemble the remaining Overwatch heroes, and that's sort of where the the time in timeline, um, the, the the events that we're playing uh, happens. Unless we get something like Uprising, where we kind of go back to the past a little bit. Um, but so like there's that that you know um, underlying knowledge and lore that you kind of have to dig into. But like you know, um, like Miles was saying, there's just there's so many threads there that you can just kind of choose to pull on if you wish to. You're not forced to uh, dive into the story, but you know, on certain maps you'll hear certain voice lines, and on other maps you'll hear different voice lines. And, and character interactions vary from from map to map, and you just you just want to know more. And that whole less is more approach uh, really really works for me. Yeah, same here. I I think I mean you two guys just. You, you embodied it like perfectly. It was the story is there if you want to get it, but you don't need it to enjoy the game. And if it does, if it is something that you want more of, there's so much out there. There's there's free comics you can get. There's the animated shorts you can get. And it breaks down what happened between the characters. And it's it's a perfect way to do it because there are people who don't care. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't care. I just want to go out there and shoot people in the face. You know what I mean? One shot, one kill. That's all I want. And then there are people who, are like, who want to break it down. And so they go out and they look for that more music, you know, that that, that more uh, background, that history, and they get it. And oh man, I just I dig it. I love it. It's great. Sorry. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> man, nailed it. Yep. No, that's that's spot on. Um, yeah, I know that I I myself have delved into a few of the comics. I haven't gotten that that deep into them yet. But the 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 animated shorts, I think, are are. An, an awesome way to show a lot of that, you know, like there's some flavor of what you hear in the interactions between them. That's tape. That's that comes from those. Um, I think the, the one that sticks out to me the most 
It's probably the Tracer and Widowmaker showdown. That that's uh, that's a pretty amazing amazing way to introduce those two characters. Uh, but it's it, it's been great with uh, you know with with these new characters coming out and and they they will they continue to to feed the machine. Uh, we keep seeing little tidbits and um, additions here and there. So. For those like like you said, for those for those who want it, it's there and and there is it is a wealth of information um, down to the little intricacies of the maps. Uh, like there's, uh, I will give one example and then we can move along. Um, is in Hanamura in the in the the second check or the second capture point, there is an arrow in the ground, and that arrow came from a fight between Genji and Hanzo, and like it watching that play out in a short but and and having walked past that arrow hundreds of times and then suddenly realizing where it came from like all of a sudden now this this one little this one little effect that you that you now realize was there intentionally and had purpose uh it like there's so many little things throughout all of the all of the maps and um just everything about this game it's so good it's I, so I have good. one that, that i wanted to, to mention because i, I yeah. found the most the most unique um is on the nepal village map in in one of the buildings just off to the side of the the capture point on the second story there is a room um nepal is, is where zenyatta makes his home and if you go into this room it's a room for Genji. You can see his gi on like a, a, a thing and you see a picture of him and his brother and dragons. And it's just like that just, it sort of blew my mind. It was like, so so Genji came here to get Zenyatta to help him maybe find peace or something. And it was just, just that little tidbit just kind of just blows the world right open. And just seeing that sort of thing, just, you know, you just don't get that in other games. You know, you, you get walls and bricks and cement and, and dirt and you know you don't get these these little insights into character motivation and, and things like that and how about how they change the maps right like uh, remember numbani there was they released a fake news article about an attack from doomfist and then when you get into numbani all of a sudden you, you see the remnants of the attack that and, was, it, uh... and it's just it just it makes you feel so cool like you go in there and you're like oh something went down numbani's changed forever that was a real <laughs> news article that that shit happened. And and the uh, the the payload that you have to escort on that map contained Doomfist Gauntlet, and then now is just gone. So yeah, that was that was a beautiful a beautiful movement in the story and a fun way to to introduce a new character because from that we got Arissa. So that was awesome. And also, we've never seen Doomfist, but we care so much. We care. <laughs> so much. We do. He he was the first. I think he was the first one mentioned right in the the initial trailer. You know, the, the kids are walking around the museum and they're like, oh, that's Doomfist Gauntlet. And then there's this big fight over it. And we still have no no real clue as to when we're going to see him or if we're going to see him, we're going to see him. We just don't know when. And that's that anticipation, man. That's that's what does it for me in this game. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So, so we've if I can't. Yeah, go sorry, ahead. Eric. I just wanted to comment real quick. I mean, I, I think, you know, Blizzard is doing a masterful job of keeping people interested in this game with these the, this continuous rollout of these plot devices or these these plot points and some of the special events that they're doing um uh, speaking for myself up until preparation for this podcast i wasn't paying attention to the story at all 
but I went through and watched some of those things and it's made me want to play the game even more now and to experience some of the things that you guys are talking about. Like I, I, I may have walked past that arrow a hundred times. I, I don't even know if I, I noticed it, but now I will. And, um, having some of that backstory does add to some of those characters. So as I was watching these, these shorts and reading some of this content, I was motivated and inspired perhaps to go back and, and play the game, even though these plot po- these have very little to do with the gameplay itself. Right. I mean, the, I've gone almost six, seven months now without knowing any of this stuff. I've been greatly enjoying the game, but it, it makes me want to go back for more. So Blizzard is doing a fantastic job, like Miles said, with Lost of rolling this stuff out and letting you uh, continue to invest in, in, in the game and, and maintain that interest. So I, I think it's, I think it's fa- fantastic. Most definitely. So we've we've been talking about we've been name dropping some of our our favorite heroes so far. Uh, why don't Why don't we shift gears and let's let's talk about the heroes themselves? Um, Overwatch categorizes heroes into a couple of different categories: uh, offense, defense, tank, and support. Uh, they each sort of fulfill a role when it comes to team composition, but it uh, each of them has, like I said, different play styles to them. So um, why don't we start? With offensive heroes, for those of you who main an offensive hero, let's let's hear a little bit about your hero, and then uh, for those who don't main, let's let's kind of maybe we can fill the gaps and talk about. I don't know if we want to talk at length about everybody, but um, but we can probably hit everyone in the process. So, Jake, you play Reaper. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Reaper is is um, he's probably the first character I ever played, mainly just because I, I absolutely uh, am in love with the character design. Um, he sort of kind of looks like, you know, a, a super techie personification of death itself. Uh, kind of gives me a Darksiders two Death Horseman vibe a little bit with a sweet hood and some 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 badass things. Looks a little bit like the Reaper of Souls from Diablo three. Gotta gotta think that's in there a little bit, um, but his character we we don't know a lot about uh, what what went on with him because he was Blackwatch and then now he's at odds with Commander Morrison who's also known as Soldier seventy six, uh, but he um, he's got some pretty cool abilities. Are we talking about abilities yet, or are we just still talking about lore? I don't, don't want to shift gears too uh, early. We could probably <clears throat> roll it all into this. I mean, at this point, we we're ship the the. Because the store, the characters are a story, but they're also the gameplay. So we can sure. roll it all into one now. I think. Okay. Yeah. If you're um, okay with that, Musty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm good. I mean, there's there's twenty something of these. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, we're not going to talk yeah. about each one. We'll we'll hit a couple of them and. Smart. Okay. So yeah, his his abilities are you know he's got uh, a pair of handheld shotguns. And the reason that I like playing him is because like. It, my play style is to go just balls to the wall, just run straight at the enemy and shoot them. Um, and I tried doing that with Reaper at first because he's powerful as far as like damage per second. I think the calculation is he has the most, especially at close range, because he can just really, um, especially if you're hitting a larger character, all of the spread of the shotguns is, is hitting them and uh, he can really take you down quick. Um, but in the last a few weeks have been, you know, once again, is what, what this game does to you. I've been watching videos on, you know, watching pro players, seeing how they play Reaper, getting the hints and tips. And, you know, I've 
my skill level with him has just it's grown a lot. And uh, he's got some abilities like he's got a teleport, which is which is fairly slow. It's not used as an escape mechanism. It's more of a flanking mechanism. So um, it's about getting a good position to flank from. Uh, he's got a reaper form, which basically he turns into like black mist and can take no damage. He's also not affected by any of the the big ultimate abilities or being frozen or anything like that. Um, so that's good for escape. So like you can go in shoot up a lot of people, hit that, and then fly out and go get healed or find a med pack or something like that. Um, and he's just, he's a little slow, a little plotting, but learning to play him right has made me appreciate that character a lot more than I did initially. Initially, I was just drawn to the visual aesthetics and the voice lines and the the menacing kind of aspect of the character. And then... Um, and then learning all these intricacies and how to properly use them has just made it that much better. Definitely, definitely. So let's see. Of the other offensive heroes, um, does anyone have one they want to they want to highlight? Otherwise, I can talk about McCree for a quick minute. The offensive. I mean, you should talk about McCree here, but uh, these are the heroes that these are your shooter heroes. These are the guys that if you're if you're not able to aim, if you're not fast, if you don't have good reflexes, these are the characters you're going to struggle the most with. Genji requires every button and two voice commands from Connect to play uh, appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's incredible. Like, uh, it blows crazy. my mind um, when people play him. I just, I'm like, I, I try and I try and I try, but I just, I, and I have no finesse on a on a controller, and how people do it is is yeah. beyond me. And uh, Tracer's yeah. another one. Tracer is like three. She only has three buttons. She has shoot, she has reload, and she has blink. And she is still one of the most difficult characters to play. When you see somebody who is really closed up, who really knows what they're doing with these characters, who has that skill level, it's it's almost mesmerizing to watch. You're just, you're in awe. You know what I mean? You see a, you see a, a blink and a blink, and you're like, well, I'm going to be dead here in a second. And then you're dead, and then you get a, a little wave, and off she goes. Um <laughs> So yeah, these these are the characters that I struggle the most with, um, but yeah, must you go ahead and talk about McCree? Sure, yeah. So so McCree was my first main, um, and partially because of the appearance of the, uh, I, I I liked the aesthetic of the of the uh, the outlaw, um, the sort of Jesse James type type character um, who clearly takes influence from a Sega CD game uh, slash arcade game, but. Uh, the the thing about him he he's got his 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 six shooter and if you can see it you can shoot it and it uh it requires a lot of precision but he deals massive damage if you're getting headshots which uh is something that's that's unique to him and a couple other characters they're particularly good at dealing damage in that manner uh, he also has a secondary attack, which is a uh, a flashbang, which can stun people, which is great for taking down tracers if you can manage to get that to stick. Um, and then he sort of does a roll. And now one of the nice things, and 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 uh, Travis, this was uh, Jake. Sorry, <laughs> it says Travis on there. Um, so Jake, one of the things that 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 they added for Reaper was that now his Wraith form adds adds reload, and that's something that that McCree's roll does as well. Uh, so you you actually don't have to reload with McCree; you can just roll, and when you, by the time you pop up, you have a full uh, reloaded gun, um, which is really 
advantageous in battle because you can it gives you a little, little bit of mobility because in general McCree feels slow to me Com- having now played other characters uh, but I sunk uh, the, the most time when I started playing into McCree and then I decided to diversify from there probably more because it catered to my skill set as a Halo player because um, I was I was always a, a battle rifle type guy mid mid to long range um in that in that case but um tracer is the other one that i that i wanted to point out um you've kind of highlighted her already but she she is entirely different and zipping all over the place and um she's just a lot of fun and she's the poster child of the of the game um she was the first one who was out there and it uh it yeah she's She's a good time. I really uh, we'll get into uprising. That that's when I really kind of took off with playing as her. Um, and before since th- then, I have I have then sh- shifted to others as well. Go ahead. I was just gonna say before you throw defense heroes over to Miles there because I think they're all his mains. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say Tracer was actually a carryover from Titan. That that character design was a character that they had in Titan. So there are. A lot of the team that was working on Titan worked on Overwatch, and they put some like that. That stuff that they worked on, that 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 development process, didn't just get thrown away. They carried over a lot of it, and it really makes me because I love the character design of this, and I think now I really want to play Titan, and we're never gonna get to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's cool with Tracer that she she she's on the front of the box, and she uh, she was an actual direct. She was the first character. I remember Jeff Kaplan saying that. When they uh, when they decided to do Overwatch, she was the first character that they said she needs to be in this game. Yeah, nice. No, she's just great. Yeah, so let's. Uh, yeah, there's nothing else for offensive heroes. Let's move on to defense. Um, Sorry, can I just say one thing yeah. about offense heroes? Please, I think uh, uh, mechanically the most innovative thing about Overwatch is mobility. And offense heroes, they're the ones that deal the most damage, but also they all have um, a mobility upgrade. Like Genji has a double jump, McCree has a roll, Farrah can fly, Reaper can teleport, and uh, Wraith form, Soldier runs, Sombra goes invisible, and Tracer blinks. So it's it's all sort of... You don't see the, this a lot in first-person shooters. And they realize that they can get away with giving characters less health if they give them other ways to evade, uh, which is the, all the mobility options they give those offense heroes. Yeah, they are certainly squishy. <laughs> Quite squishy. Quite squishy. But yeah, so so defense heroes, on the other hand, fill a, a slightly different role. Um, and as... P1 said, Miles, these these are kind of your your bread and butter. Yeah, I love defense heroes because they're the most useless. <laughs> and everybody says, hey, why don't you pick up a support hero? And I go, but I want to play Thorbjorn now. <laughs> and then they go, you're on attack. And I go, so what? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the defense heroes are cool. They're the least mobile characters in the game. Um, uh, I... Personally, I played Torbjorn in the beginning a lot because he was unbalanced. He was really good when the game just uh, came out because the turret was pinpoint accurate and dealt a lot of damage. So uh, if somebody played a Torbjorn, it was really hard for people on console to get around it. Um, And then since then, they made it so that he deals a lot less damage. And uh, I think the turret takes a little bit longer to lock on. Um, 
but I had already put in like 60 hours into Torbjorn at that point. So I was just comfortable. I was like, it doesn't even matter if they give him less damage. Like, I'm still just so comfortable with this character that I like playing him. I, I, a reason being, um, I don't play a lot of first person shooters. So, and I like to be efficient. Um, so by playing Torbjorn, I could like set up a turret and uh, upgrade the turret and then just walk away for a while. And uh, the turret would uh, be a much better player than myself. <laughs> and he could flank by himself as well. Like he can set up a turret and then you could walk around and you can flank just by yourself. You don't even have to play with the rest of your team, which I like. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, May, I think, uh, is adorable. And uh, even though she's really good at trolling your own team um, because she can put up walls at inopportune times, uh, I just I, I really enjoy playing her. She's also a really good sniper um, that people don't really think of using her as. And she can bubble, so you don't really have to worry about support. Um, what do you mean that she can put walls up at inopportune times? I thought she could only put walls up at inopportune times. <laughs> oh, man. Do you know how many Roadhogs hate me? <laughs> like, as all soon of as them, Miles. Up, all of them hate you. Their chain hits the wall, and I look over at the Roadhog, and I'm like, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that voice line, oh, man. I use that more than I use the bubble. The I'm sorry voice line. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you program that to a face button so that you can just get to it easier? Yeah, exactly. I just yeah. <laughs> and then uh, fun fact about May, I, I think if I if I remember hearing and reading this correctly, she is one of if not the oldest uh, Overwatch member. Uh, even though she looks a good bit younger, she was in Cryo, so she's one of the oldest, which is pretty cool. It makes sense. Know. It's it's a very flavorful to her character as well. She's very wholesome. Uh, and also, my 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 three mains really are all defense heroes. Torbjorn, May, and Symmetra. All three of them defense heroes. It's so weird that Symmetra is in the support hero category because she doesn't heal anyone and uh, is just another builder like Torbjorn. But uh, I love them all. Uh, that being said, if you're listening to this, you just started Overwatch, please main a tank and a support hero as well as whatever your favorite character is. Because yeah. we need them, like, out there. Like, everybody needs to know how to play a tank hero and a support hero in case the rest of your team doesn't pick one of those. You need to jump in. Yeah. the Overwatch... So, like I said earlier, I, I don't like first-person shooters. I'm not very good at them. Um, and I've never taken the time to get good at them. I play turn-based RPGs because they don't require my thumbs to be fast. Uh, but Overwatch has done this thing that... So I now am trying to learn to play Widowmaker. I went from not liking first-person shooters at all to trying to play arguably the hardest sniper in the game. Um, I'm, for the record, I'm terrible. I am not very good as a Widowmaker. If you see me choose her on our team, expect to lose. Uh, <laughs> I promise to only do it during quick plays. Um, but, the, but the view will be nice. That's right. The view will be nice because I got the best skin, uh, which we're going to talk about after. But yeah, so the, the defense heroes... It's weird because Bastion, he's a defense hero, but he's a he's a Gatling gun. Like I guess the best offense or the best defense is a good offense. I guess um, I don't know. I yeah, feel like Bastion. He's just, he's, he's just he's, he balanced because like if he is set up in turret mode, he is just you know a sitting duck. So it's like it's another one of those brilliant character design and 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 uh, I guess moves that the Blizzard did, where it's like yeah, he can put out a ton of damage, but. He's also just a sitting duck. Um, yeah. And having him 
usually forces someone else to support him, which takes them out of the main area of play, which then imbalances the team. So it's it's just like this whole big thing that um, yeah. that Blizzard was able to do with that. It's pretty cool. And I, I and I, I and you know I, I I just realized now I had never made the connection that the offensive heroes all had the mobilities. The, like the the mobility uh, addition, like Miles had mentioned, and the the defense heroes, yeah, Bastion literally has he he just doesn't move. So yeah, that uh, it's crazy. God, wow, I never made that connection before that you could you could like categorize them that way. To yeah, like the innovation. That's a great observation. I I never put that together either, Miles. That was fantastic. The, the innovation in in uh, mobility for first person shooters insane when you look at each character and you you really like break it down huh? uh, <laughs> but like look at those defense heroes man they're slow widowmaker and hans are the only ones because they kind of need it to be snipers but the rest of them like may just sits there as well like bastion like she just blocks up as a, ha- a hanzo kind of readies his bow at her head <laughs> and then you break out of your ice block and get shot um, and Torbjorn the same. He's like this short, slow dude. I don't know. It's, yeah, he's good it, over it's short so well distances. He's good over <laughs> short distances. Natural sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's shift over to support heroes. Um, and and Eric, I want to hear from you uh, talking about talking about Mercy. Oh sure, yeah. I um I played Mercy because uh, I can't. I I couldn't play anybody else uh, to start mercy has some of the uh, attributes that are are good for people like me her her ray uh, automatically locks onto people so you don't have to aim very well but it, it also kind of goes with my play style miles was saying earlier that you know a lot of people want to uh, come in and they want to play the more action-oriented uh, people and i'm i'm i guess maybe it goes with me i'm perfectly fine playing support because i think I think those people have have a have an important role, and uh, I can't tell you the number of times that you know I, I, somebody is somebody is shooting at whoever I'm protecting, and I'm simply raising their health, right? And they're just wasting their bullets. So, um, yeah, Mercy's a great fit for me. I, I really enjoy playing her um, be, because she's support and she doesn't require that kind of that kind of skill. And and you know, people get used to. Um, I was I was listening to some strategy, right? And they were talking about, you know, people, good people at this game are used to, you know, how how much damage they can put into somebody and and expect to survive. Uh, and they, they've sort of got this intuition about how how long it's going to take to kill another person. Well, all of that is thrown out the window when you've got a Mercy behind them supporting them. And I also like that Mercy has this ability to uh, augment. Uh, they You can increase the damage, and, and that goes the other way. And so one of the things... One combination you guys were talking about before was sort of the weakness of Bastion, right? And so how you have to have this other support person. And one of the first things that we did when we were playing was there would be three of us. There would be a Bastion, there would be a Reinhardt with the shield, and there then I would be playing Mercy. And we would set up. And basically what would happen was, uh, you know, um, I'm missing the name, Reinhardt would put the shield up and I'd be sitting behind the shield and I'd be augmenting the Bastion and he'd be laying, you know, 10% or whatever the... the uh, the offset is more damage, and that was very effective. So, again, uh, you know, the, the 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 character designs themselves are fascinating, but when you put them together in combinations, this is where Blizzard has done a fantastic job of of 
uh, allowing people to come up with these combinations of characters that can do this. And so I think the support characters have a huge role. Mercy's a fantastic character. She's a lot of fun to play. And she, uh, going back to some comment earlier, she fits my skill set. And I started to enjoy the game a lot more when I found a character that um, that uh, would would suit my playstyle. Yeah, the amount of the amount of balancing that, that that had to go into this, and and because there's some flavor of rock paper scissors, but not not so clear cut as that. Um, and and when you start combining, you know, your your average game is is six v six, and you can you can put the craziest combinations together and come up with some really productive uh you know really productive teams uh and and just that the meta which is something that that is talked about a ton is is really is really kind of kind of interesting um one of the support heroes that 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 i like is zenyatta he was my second main uh, and you know with with his abilities he's he throws out this orb that attaches itself to an enemy, and as long as it's attached, they do thirty percent more damage. So you combine that with with this bastion combo that you have, and suddenly you're you're just wasting people. Um, and it's 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 refining that, and then coordinating coordinating those things uh, that that that's really uh, that's really interesting. Um, P one, you you play Lucio in your free time, right? Yeah, Lucio's my jam, man. He's uh, <laughs> mostly just because I like to I like to emote a lot. So in the game, you can do this ability where your character stops being productive at all and just like dances or waves or does a little motion. Lucio has one where he dances, but he's a healer whose heal is always on. It's a it's a an AOE heal that stands for area of effect. So it heals anybody who's standing within this circle. So I can literally have my heal turned on and then just emote dance and. Uh, I do a lot. Uh, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah. But I like it because like, he's just he's fun and he's got the ability to switch between speed boost. I, I find some maps it's good to have Lucio because um, he's 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 good for you want to lock down if you're doing. Uh, we're going to get into the different game types here, but if you're doing uh, a control map, you want to have a Lucio sitting in that zone so you know that your team is going to stay grouped up. Because they're going to want those heals, and then they're not spread all over the place like a bunch of Patrick Swayze's getting picked off one by one by Hanzo. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I do like Lucio a lot uh, as a support hero, and the combination, like you said, there's, the combinations are just crazy. So Lucio and Bastion, not a great combination, but uh, Lucio and Tracer or Lucio and uh, and Soldier, great combination because Soldier could drop his heal. Lucio can also be healing, and Lucio does a decent amount of damage. Uh, Jake turned me on this week to Mercy and Farah as a combination, and. Oh my! I mean, we wrecked face in that map, and that was a. I, I imagine you put somebody like Eric, who's actually good with Mercy, and and yourself as a Farah together in that, and it would be. Uh, I can't imagine. I don't know. It, there's something for everyone, and Lucio's another character that, if you're not so good at aiming, he's okay. He does shoot, but he's got like a shotgun blast, and his main heal is just stand near me. So it's good for those of us who who are lonely and want friends. You know what I mean? You just gotta <laughs> stay close. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll also point out um, while we're talking about the, the healer class uh, is Anna, um, who is w one of the original Overwatch members in, in the lore, and uh, she's a healing sniper. And this is one of my favorite character designs in the game because the way she heals is she shoots you. Like you can shoot your teammate and it'll boost their health. And if you shoot a enemy, it will damage them. And if you throw a grenade, it will heal who 
whoever your teammates are in the area and it'll damage whoever you know is not and this it's just so fun because you like you, you see a big wad of characters on the other side of the map and you can just keep pulling the trigger and whatever it hits it's a good thing and um she's got this sleep dart ability and there's nothing quite like shutting down somebody's ultimate ability which we haven't really talked about yet but um, each character has this kind of like ultimate ability. You build up this meter and once it reaches hundred percent, you can hit this ultimate, which is kind of like their power move. And like McCree, for instance, he's got this thing called high noon where he can walk out and kind of, it's, it's a little bit like dead eye mode from Red Dead Redemption. If you've ever played that and uh, he walks out and spots some people and just, you know, mows them down and he walks out and you hear the announcement. It's high noon. And then if you're if you're Anna, you you find him and you sleep him, and he basically just is knocked out the entire duration that his ultimate is active. And there's nothing like doing that, or a rampaging Winston who's hopping around and you just shut him down, and he's asleep. And rather than rampaging, it's just it's just so fun. And her ultimate ability is boosting someone else's uh, damage output. So she's a full support. Like everything she does is for the the other team members. She's not selfish at all. She's not boosting her own damage or you know, trying to, you know, get a bunch of kills. She's just there to support. And I I love that character design and the idea of a healing sniper is just, it, it blew my mind. She's also like the most skill intensive character, I think, in the entire game. Because there's so often somebody with full health can walk in front of you while you're trying to snipe a bad guy. And uh, you just start healing your friend instead instead of shooting through them like most characters do. So like, I want to be good with her, but man. Yeah, ugh. I'm with you, yeah. If I could shoot, I'd I'd be playing on a more. Yeah, fast. And I I agree with you with you, Jake. I, when I first learned about that, the healing sniper, I thought that was a fantastic twist. Yeah, it was, it was extremely great. unique. Very Blizzard. It, yeah, it, it Blizzard. Yeah, again, I can't emphasize enough how great Blizzard has done with the variety of the characters, with the the creativity of the abilities and the ultimates and all of that stuff, and 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 finding the combinations of good players is I've. I've characters to play together like the Farah mercy thing um you know when you said that it occurs to me oh yeah because mercy's got this thing where she can leap up to somebody and she can float down and so she can kind of that almost allows her to mimic Farah's ability to fly and same same with these other people like genji and i've used this right genji who can climb up walls or diva who can shoot up into the air i've used my abilities to mimic uh to copy those uh, capabilities so uh, there's not much more to be said about it. The, the 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 combinations are fantastic, and the abilities that Blizzard has come up with are really imaginative. And uh, yeah, I I also love that when a synergy becomes really popular, it gets named by the community. The I think pharmacy. it's really cute. Yeah, pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think oh, that's good. Is that what that's called? That's yeah, yeah pharmacy. That's, funny. that's pharmacy. actually very really clever. Pharmacy. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. So one of the, one of the things about Anna I, is Anna was not in the original game release, right? Anna Anna got released two three right, months she was after release. Yeah. she was supposed to release. Yeah, yeah. So so along with you know that you know we've had that steady well I guess you could say steady stream of new of new characters coming in. We'll have more coming as well. But like you know along with Anna, there's there's Arissa. So we can get into our our tanks now. Um, yeah. You know the big ones being Arissa, Reinhardt, Diva. I think. For those who are here, 
I don't know that a lot of us play a lot of tanks. We we kind of dabble, right? Except for Reinhardt with UP one. I mean, that I'll diva a lot depending on the map, but yeah, yeah divas divas <laughs> divas divas slowly growing, and like I'm I'm playing with her as in competitive, which we'll talk about the different game modes momentarily. But yeah, I I found her to I I can impact things a lot with her, but um. P1, I want to hear you talk about Reinhardt. You already kind of t- mentioned the fact that you know he was your he was your um, bridge to getting in to Overwatch. Um, yeah. But clearly, if you have three hundred wins with him and and you know <laughs> a significant number of hours, uh, there's there's some attachment there, right? It didn't uh, that hasn't uh, that hasn't dwindled at all. So so talk about Reinhardt a little bit. So when I. Uh... When I played uh, World of Warcraft, I was a main tank for my guild. Uh, I used to have a major problem. I needed to be the best. So we're, I was min-max in stats. I spent all my time researching, grinding, everything. It was I, I wanted to be the tank. I wanted to be that person who controlled the flow of combat. That goes back to EverQuest. I used to play EverQuest uh, with my brother and a, f- a friend of ours. And even back then, I was uh, I played as a dwarf warrior, and I was... Uh, I was the tank. I would do the pulling. We'd go to unrest, and I would pull. And I, you control the flow of combat. More importantly, though, you protect... The team. Um, I play football, and I'm an offensive lineman. I protect the quarterback. I protect the running back. That's my job. So when I found out that this first-person shooter gave me the option to play as a character who is a tank. I mean, Reinhardt is a tank in every sense of the word. He One of his armor sets is the... Uh, it's the... Uh, it looks like the... Uh, the King Rin armor set from uh, from Stormwind. It's like he is a tank, so he puts his shield up, and the game snaps into third person view. So I'm suddenly playing a game in the view that I like, so that I can see the characters, I can see what's going on around me. I'm doing the job I want to do. The only thing I'm missing is a taunt. I've got Eric behind me keeping me up uh, like nobody else can. And uh, I would say a, a solid 275 of those wins are because Fitnat is able to kill things <laughs> as Bastion. Um, but the tank class. It's it's not the sexy class. It's not, you know what I mean? Reinhardt's not dropping a ton of damage at range. Not dropping any damage, hardly, hardly any damage at range. Uh, you need to get in close. But his job isn't, it's not just to protect the team. It's, you see another Reinhardt, you need to take him out. If your Reinhardt can take with their Reinhardt, that gives your team a plus one, you're in an advantage. You need to also be able to react. If you see another Reinhardt charging in, you're going to be able to hit that charge at the same time so they stun and they cancel each other out. There's a lot, it's not just hold the left trigger and hope for the best, which is how I started playing. Um, as time went on, it, uh, there, I, there was more that happened. I learned more how to play the character. And I think, uh, I mean, Miles mentioned it earlier. He said that if you're playing this game, if you're new to this game, find the character you like the most, but also find a tank character and find a support character uh, because you need them. You need to have, there are instances uh, in Anubis, Temple of Anubis, you're going down that hallway. If you don't have a Reinhardt or, or an Orissa or somebody to throw a shield up, you're just walking down a bull, a hallway of bullets, essentially. Yeah, just and you might as well forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. They're, they're great characters, and Reinhardt allowed me to play in third person. And yeah, he's my favorite because he's sort of... I don't want to say he reminds me of me, but he's sort of a goofball. You know what I mean? He wants to take care... He's there to take care of the Overwatch people. He worries about the little guy. Uh, I pretend to do all that stuff. Um, <laughs> and he's just fantastic, you know? I, so, yeah, there is some attachment to Reinhardt. He would be... I go back to him all the time. Um, but even if you watch... If you look up or watch any strategies, there were... there At one point, there were strategies that a lot of the, the higher competitive teams were doing, and it was three tanks. Um 
you know, so it, the tank class is they've got the highest. So they've got the highest hit points, which means I can soak up the most bullets or the most damage, which is good because I'm not very good at getting out of the way of them. Um, so having that extra bit of, of health helps. And uh, with Reinhardt specifically, I can swing that hammer and I don't really have to be able to aim because I'm just swinging it around like a crazy person. With Diva, I don't have to worry about reloading. So I just I'm just always shooting ABS, right? Always be shooting. <laughs> um yeah, so I don't know. I, I like and with Winston, you don't have to aim at all because his Tesla cannon just hits whatever's close. The tank class is designed for me. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the interesting things I've been hearing about Diva lately is is that it's not a the truly competitive people who are playing the the high level competitive aren't using Diva to shoot. She is a a she will eat everything that gets thrown at us. So she her shield is is effectively just. It just soaks it, and nobody. It's a defense matrix, and it just takes anything, all the damage, and just says, "Nope, yep. it's not happening." So, um, you stick you stick Diva in front of in front of a uh, uh, a Farah ultimate, and it does nothing. It just yeah. sorry. I remember, I remember totally the first time I did that. I, I was just like, "God, that was amazing! What a waste! Yeah. What a waste, Farah!" I was just yeah. here, just soaked up all those missiles. You got nothing. I think I got an achievement for that too. Like, I may be wrong. Yeah, but, there's but, a there's a high a high level. Uh, yeah, it was like fifteen hundred damage in a single or something yeah, like that. I, yeah. uh, but that's a commonality with all the tanks, right? With the exception of Roadhog, all of the tanks have some form of shield either for themselves or for the team, um, and that's 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 kind of interesting. And then and then Roadhog, I think, is supplemented with his ability to heal himself. I think Roadhog um, himself which, is the shield. He has, I think he has the highest hit points. I think he's at 600 unshielded, yeah. I believe. I think Diva has that too. I think Diva has 600. Oh, yeah, yeah, Diva. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I, I also think, because this is the last class we talk about, one, I guess, quick aside is I feel like, and this isn't obviously an official segmentation, but I feel like in each class, there's almost a subclass where there are specific characters within that class that function better as a support or a DPS, which is damage per second, like an attack character or something like that. Because I feel like we, we didn't mention Zarya when we're talking about tanks, which is fine because she's, you know, we're not talking about all of them, but I feel like she is probably a very support based tank, you know, because she, she throws a bubble around other people to keep them from being damaged. She has one, her attack is powerful, but somewhat hard to get unless someone's coming at you, you know, kind of like a, a defense hero would be played. So like within each class, there are specific characters that work better in certain situations. And I think, you know, that's part of the fun of the game is just learning when to play a specific character within a specific class at the right time. And um, it's just another little wrinkle that that I think Blizzard thrown, has thrown at us that's pretty awesome yeah to be able to the ability yeah. to, to know when you have to switch you know they have a Ferris, so i need to be mccree to counter what they have they're coming at me with yeah that that is a whole other level of the game that i i that's beyond me <laughs> you know i haven't well, i haven't played many of these games like this where there's this asymmetry um these team-based with the asymmetric characters but one thing i always appreciated about overwatch was in the in the team selection screen, there is advice about which care which class of characters you should be um, you're you're weak in or that you're you're you've got too many in. And so, again, I don't know if that's unique to Overwatch, but it's certainly appreciated. Um, they'll, they'll guide you a little bit and tell you how your team fares uh, 
in terms of overall balance. Yeah, that's a that's a, a great point. Um, and there's always that point when you when you're sitting waiting for a match and you've got five people selected and no one's picked a healer and people are starting to freak out that we're not going to have a healer this match. <laughs> yes, yeah, that goes back to Miles's point, which is like learn a healer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Be, be ready to to heal. Diversify your portfolio because even even some characters cater better to certain maps or certain uh game types themselves so let's 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 shift into the gameplay mechanics and let's talk about the different sort of modes right you've got uh you have a few different styles of game there's uh there's your assault um where you are trying to capture a point um there is your escort where you are carrying a payload from one location to another um, there's sort of a hybrid that kind of hits on both of those. Uh, King's Row is a great example of that style. Uh, and then there's Control, which is kind of your King of the Hill-esque map. Um, what do you guys think of the variety here? Do you do you guys do you guys cater to one, or do you guys enjoy one over others, or is there, uh, uh, or is it just kind of whatever shows up shows up for you guys? Let's start with Miles. I, um, at this point, now that I've played for so long, I'm like, whatever shows up, shows up. Um, however, I generally prefer the uh, control points, just because I really enjoy playing defensive characters, and they shine in those points, like uh, putting some metro turrets in a Lijiang Tower area, or, um, you know, a Torbjorn turret, or even playing Mei in one of those control points, and as the uh, as the overtime is running out, you put up a wall so nobody else can get in, and you just feel really good about yourself. <laughs> so that's kind of why I prefer them. I I really really like that there's no deathmatch. I like love it that there's no deathmatch in in these modes, and and that it's all about um, objective time, right? Because and and I love how at the end of the game they show you how well you did in objective time, because that the emphasis should really be there. You, like you should. How long did I spend on that payload as a tank or a defensive character? Because that matters. Like, understandably, if you're a Widowmaker or a Hanzo, you shouldn't have a lot of objective time because you should kind of be sneaky. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I, I think that is great. I think it it helps differentiate it between the other um, FPSs out there. 30 million Overwatch players and not one of them can get on the payload. Just <laughs> <laughs> waiting for that one. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is a really interesting point, and 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 I think that they've the arcade kind of has can cater to those those people who want uh, who want that. There's 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 some additional ones. There's elimination. There's uh, mystery heroes, which is always a, a nice way to 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 learn other heroes. I guess you can convince yourself that that's <laughs> what that's for. Um, but there's they, they they tend to pepper in some more unique unique kind of more. Things that focus more on on KD, even though they're still and by KD uh, I mean kill the death ratio. Uh, the uh, but actually, the, go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. I actually play arcade more than anything because I I don't like competitive. I think it takes too long, and I'm not going to go pro. Um, <laughs> so the arcade gives you extra loot boxes, which I'm sure we'll get into later, which is why I tend to gravitate towards the arcade modes. Yeah. Yeah, so 
that's worth let's 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 talk about the game the game modes then a little bit because because the the map types all they feed into all of these so i think at least i can speak for those of us on the xbox side of things that like depending on how many people we have or who we have kind of caters or it kind of directs us toward one style of play whether it is quick play or competitive or arcade um i know why don't we trying to think if we should it seems like this year or this season of competitive has been that's kind of been we've been gravitating toward that a little bit at least p1 you and i have sort of been gravitating toward competitive there a little bit more um what's it about that mode that's pulling that pulls you to want to be involved in that um I, I like seeing uh, numbers go up. I like to I like to level. I play RPGs, right? I like to I like to level up. I like to improve. So in competitive mode, they sort of rank you, and it tells you how good you are at the game. I'm not very good. I'm not I'm not very good. And if there's a level below bronze, I'm almost there. Um, <laughs> but uh, they're making a I think, new one for you, especially for you. That's right. Yeah, the cartridge <laughs> level. <laughs> oh. I'm almost in the negative points. I almost have to start giving them points. Um, <laughs> But I, I like, uh, I, I don't know, I, I am, when I play games that are online, so over, or sorry, uh, World of Warcraft specifically is my biggest reference, I like to try and push myself to be the best that I can be. Um, and I think in order to get that, I need to play against the people who are also trying to be the best that they can be. Uh, now, that's not to say I, we have had some very competitive matches in quick play, but I think that the opportunity to get people that are just there to troll and mess around is less in competitive. I don't want to say it's a higher quality of play because I don't think that's the case because uh, like Fitnat is one of the best, one of the best bastions I've ever seen and he doesn't do competitive. He just doesn't like it. He doesn't enjoy it. Um, so I don't know. I don't necessarily know that the, the overall quality level of play is better, but I, I like to, I think of it as sort of as a challenge to myself. What, how good was I last year or last season? How good can I be even on a week to week basis? Um, and I just I like the numbers. I want to see them go up. I think is the big thing. I, I'm yeah, visually driven. There's a there's a few extra levels of currency that you can acquire in those modes too, because you've got your you've got your SR for your your um, competitive rank. Um, you've got your little bronze, gold, silver, etc. Uh, and then then there's the I don't even know what the 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 ones that can unlock the golden guns. That yeah. purple currency that I. It's going to take forever. <laughs> but why would you use a golden gun? Because then the, the aesthetic is off and it doesn't match your outfit. I don't know. Because you want trophy. to be a show. It's, it's a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> do you get do you get one shot one kill with golden guns? No. Oh. <laughs> I, <do>. I wish. <laughs> Jake, do you do you have a mode that you tend to prefer? Yeah, I, I I like I like the competitive stuff, and I think it you know, a lot of it is exactly what what P one just said. Is I like to see those numbers go up. I like to it, it, there's a couple of small things that I like about competitive mode. I kind of like um, the structure of a match in competitive mode, where you know, like for instance, if you're playing quick play and, and you don't completely escort the payload to the final destination, you lose. But in competitive, you get a chance to get it as far as you can, and if you don't get it all the way to the payload, then the other team switches to attack and then they get it as far as they can. If you get it further than they did, 
then you win. And I kind of like that structure of the match a little bit better than kind of an all or nothing, which is what a lot of the other modes are, uh, where it's it's it kind of boils down to skill. And like in the control points, if you even if you don't capture the second point, if you capture it like up to 80 percent, but don't completely occupy it, the other team has to beat your percentage of capture. Um, so I think I like that a little bit better. It makes a little more sense to me. Um, and I like to see those those numbers go up. I like to to try to get that rank, even though it's it's superfluous. It means nothing. I just like to see those numbers go up. And I kind of have this thing uh, where I can't end the night at a negative uh, rank, so or a, a net loss of of rank. So like yesterday, well, I guess it was. I guess it started Thursday night. Um, I was playing gears with some friends. They got done playing gears. I was like, well, let me, let me just play a competitive match or two before I go to bed. It was about midnight, and I guess it was about 3 o'clock I went to bed. <laughs> and I just, you know, I had to I had to get those numbers higher than, than when I started. Um, so I think there's a fun, a fun drive to the competitive side. That being said, I do love some of the, um, some of the quick play stuff, and I do like the arcade mode, like the, I can't remember the one they just added. It, the matches take forever because everybody's got like double health and like half half time cooldowns on their ultimate. Totally, yeah. It's so fun though. It's so fun, especially like, yeah. If you just like using your ultimates and just yeah, it's fun. So I, I enjoy it too. Do those numbers actually ever go up? I mean, I've heard that they go up, but I've only ever seen mine <laughs> go down. <laughs> they, they, they do go up, uh, not often for me, not often, but I like to I like to try. So Eric, how, how about you? Uh, I I think most commonly I've played quick play with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I I like to see numbers go up too. So I play quick play. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, competitive. No, I, I've dabbled in competitive, and it's fine. I'm not skillful enough, and it you know, and my numbers go down, and and uh, I get frustrated. Uh, I, I get. I'll be the naysayer. I get frustrated a little bit because competitive seems a lot longer to find a match. And when people, uh, when you do finally find one, it seems there's an awfully high chance that someone's going to leave and you're going to be out of the game anyway. So um, I've actually found competitive to be a little bit frustrating in terms of uh, amount of game play you actually get per hour spent uh, in the mode. So, um, and I'm not good enough. And, and and it has its, it has its, it definitely has its, um, it has its place. But I, I guess I typically play, uh, uh, quick play and I've been playing some more of the arcade um, I like capture the flag uh, that's an that's a that's a fun mode I dabbled in one-on-one the other day um, <laughs> that's not that's not gonna be for me um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah yeah I, I think I spend most of my time in quick play that's that's the main mode to me and uh, it's 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 great it's it's casual it's it's at my skill level and and uh, quick play is fight. great Relatively quick. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. I was gonna say, that's what I was gonna say. You can it, quick play is, is great because it's it's quick to find a match, and when you get three or four of us on there at a time, like we've gone on, on on like twelve game win streaks before, where you know you're spending everything's a laugh, you're joking, everything's great, you're having a great time, uh, and you really enjoy it. And and even I think quick play happens more often than than competitive to us, but we'll get to the point when we're at ninety nine percent on a control, or we're at uh, two meters for a, for an escort. And the other team decides to start playing, and then you lose. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are frustrating. There have been some sessions, believe it or not, when uh, when Eric and I have uh, have dropped a couple Patrick Swayze's out there, and uh, <laughs> it uh, oh yeah, 
it's uh it's great because you know all right I can jump right back into another match and I can I can erase that that feeling. Um, quick play is a lot of fun and it's great when you have more than more than two people. I think two the more people you have the better. It's it's so much fun. Uh, it's it's a shame we can't play with Miles. Um, maybe maybe all of us who have PS4s could grab Overwatch and, and play with him. I don't know that that, that PlayStation. I've thought about price. it. <laughs> I've thought about uh, it. Apparently the uh, the competition's not so stiff over there, according to James. <laughs> but uh, my favorite I, game mode go ahead miles no i was just gonna say i i am not very good at all so if you're coming over here and hoping those numbers go up you think again <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> all right maybe i won't <laughs> but uh, my favorite game mode actually isn't even listed here uh it was an arcade mode one of their special events was called uprising and it was a pve mode and this was the closest you would get to um an instance or, uh, you know, a five-man group uh, in Warcraft. People would use the term raid, but there are no five-man raids, so... uh, Or there wasn't. There might be now. Um, So this was... It was... um, PvE. And this was my favorite. If if this game... If if Uprising had stayed, I... They don't track the hours for Uprising, and I have no doubt in my mind, because the week or the ten days or whatever it was that that ran, I played non-stop i was playing with the the club i was playing without the club i was uh staying up beyond my bedtime which i never do because i love sleep more than food um and i love food (laughs) uh but this pve mode was great because it was i mean it was blizzard doing what blizzard does best and what they do best is pve and it was so fantastic and they need to bring something like that back into this game if on a permanent basis Exactly. If there was a PVE mode that existed full time, I might never play PVP again. I like I I I could full time just play. Oh, it's so good. They were, yeah. Oh, it's so and, good. And, and the fun thing about that that uprising event um, is, you know, I think there was a, 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 a PVE mode before this, like last Halloween, like Junkenstein's Revenge or something. Revenge. Yeah, and I I didn't play that. I I just I don't know so why good. I didn't, but I didn't. Um, but like the thing is, is like this is, it's basically it, it takes the the formula of an escort mission um, from King's Row. It's just a, an older version of King's Row. It's a, like a pre like in the storyline. It was Tracer's first mission uh, because there was a, a you know an Omnic sect that attacked King's Row, and you had to go fight them off and deliver this payload to to blow them all up. And the 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 beautiful thing about this is that it was like just one map and it was just one escort but it didn't matter you would play it over and over and over again and it never got old it never got tiring you would try higher difficulty rating and see how that went and i think the most fun i had with that event was the fact that i started trying new characters that i hadn't played before and i think that's probably true for all of us because you know you don't get the chance to to break away from one of your mains when you're playing pvp because you don't want to let your team down but when you're playing this and you can just play it over and over and over again, um, you kind of open your horizons a little bit. And I, I think you guys probably did the same thing too a little bit, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. That was this was uprising was how I introduced myself to Tracer because there were there were two versions of it, right? There was the story based mode that had the four main characters being uh, Tracer, Mercy, Torbjorn, and Reinhardt, and then you could play it as all heroes, which was. Uh, an introduction to some of the weirdest compositions of four players that you could find. And it, it, it played totally different than your quick plays because you had fewer characters. You kind of had to fit into one of these roles. Um, and sometimes 
sometimes you had uh, people who decided they wanted to play Genji, and that just wasn't going to fly in 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 this mode um, if you didn't have other damage dealers. But uh, yeah, this is that's how I introduced. That's how I started playing as Tracer. I told and then told myself, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Tracer. And then coming out of that, now I'm now I'm playing more Diva than I do Tracer. But um, yeah, it was it 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 was a great uh, testing ground where you still had enemies that are at least uh, on the higher difficulties. They were they were just just brutal um i don't think we i know we completed it on hard difficulty i don't think we ever i didn't get expert and i think i only played with you guys so um did we ever beat it on expert i don't think we did uh i know i got close once or twice i don't think i beat it though on expert i never did my achievements uh, i was gonna say this it's blizzard has this so many game developers make a game, release the game, then you might get one or two DLC packs. You might get, um, you know, a game of the year edition the next year. Blizzard doesn't do that. They're still releasing content for StarCraft Two. They're still releasing content for StarCraft One. You know, the, Diablo Two is still active on their servers. Um, they just announced a new character for Diablo Three, which released five years ago. Yeah, crazy. Like, crazy. So they, they, I mean, Warcraft's been around since two thousand two, I think. Um, they have this ability to just, I don't want to say like IV drip, but to release content that to keep it exciting. So there's the annual events. You've got your Christmas event, your summer solstice, your winter, or your, your fall solstice. Just like you, they have these events that, you know, maybe playtime is, is dropping. Come over and play, you know, here's an event. Here's some new skins. Here's a bunch of new stuff. And they, they keep the game fresh. They keep it uh, going through these events, these DLCs. And, uh, they, you know, add maps, add characters, add a little bit of lore. They're so good at, at stretching it out, I guess. <laughs> but they're so good at keeping us engaged, you know. Right now, this weekend, uh, Battleborn went free to play. So it's Overwatch's one-year anniversary weekend and Battleborn, which was sort of considered like an Overwatch um, competitor, but not really. Um, it went free to play. And over, the guys at Overwatch are like, Oh, Battleborn's free to play this weekend, and it's the last weekend for our anniversary event. We should probably make sure people keep playing Overwatch. Double XP. <laughs> so, Bastards. Yeah, I mean, they know they are. They're marketing geniuses over there, those guys. But uh, Fitnet actually, sorry, Fitnet actually said something really funny about that in the Hangouts, where he brought it up, and he was like, stop, they're already dead. <laughs> yeah. So sad, so true. Yeah, but these, these deal, like, even... All of these events that they they roll out come with things, new voice lines, new skins, new stamps, and this is where they make their money. This is their you know I'm loving these microtransactions because <laughs> they have loot boxes and you have to play through to get these loot boxes, which are a chance at an item you want, and uh, they're they're yeah. dangerous. <laughs> they, they they certainly can be yeah yeah I, it's it, I have to, it, it's yeah. interesting it, it's interesting i was gonna say blizzard tends to sell their games as a platform a, instead of just a standalone thing um which which is is echoed by the fact that there's this this uh 
this drip of content that comes and 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 they're balancing it constantly too you know we we have we have updates every couple of weeks that that tinker with a little bit of of each character you know not all of them every time but you know some characters have a surge or, or a fall in in their in their skill set um and it's 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 great to see that level of investment from a developer when like you said there's so many who just post it and ship it and that's it um and and it's gone gold and that's it we're going to maybe do one or two updates to tinker with the bugs that we decided that we didn't want to fix beforehand but you know blizzard is in it for the long run and and this game has the type of legs that if they keep doing these events you know and then they keep trickling out these skins uh they will continue to make money uh in in the in the millions like every single time there's an event um because when the i think the uprising one was a great example we had such a there was such a pull to get all of those skins for a lot of us um p1 i think i think you're probably uh suspect number one on that one um but but i but I, i i yeah i mean i i think i missed out on two of them um, and I didn't want to dump another, you know, chunk of money into, into trying to, to acquire them. But, uh, but yeah, like, like, so from one of the, one of the interesting things is that those skins can only be available during the events. It really motivates you to get as many loot boxes as you can during that time. And there's a few different ways to get loot boxes, right? Um, there is every level you get. You get a loot box. Um, sometimes for these new modes, they'll give you one just for having played uh, the that mode. Uh, and then there's the the arcade has uh, up to three per week that you can acquire on top of that uh, for getting uh, multiples of three wins. So, do you guys want to talk a little bit about the drop rate or the kind of the the pull to those loot boxes? There's there's something there's something addictive about loot boxes um yeah yeah i i can say a couple of things about the loot boxes that from a design perspective uh just i don't know how they figured this stuff out but so like when you like if you've played any game in the last you know three or four years that's been developed during that time frame there's there's always some sort of a loot box system now like gears of war has it rocket league has it Injustice 2 has it, so everyone's going this loot box route. Um, and one of the the things that happens when you open a loot box, so like you you get the announcement, you get a loot box, you go to the loot box screen, and then there sits that loot box, and it's glowing. And you hold down, you know, the A or X or whatever you're playing on, and you hold it down, and it just starts, like the box starts charging up and starts unlocking, and anticipation builds and then these discs just shoot out of it. And as they shoot out, they start dropping. And when they're dropping, they have these colored tails. Now, as in most games, a color is usually associated with some kind of rarity. Like your white's going to be your common, blue's going to be uncommon, uh, purple's going to be rare, and orange is legendary or something like that. And as they're falling, you can see the colors that they're going to be before they land. And it's just, you get this anticipation, like, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? And just from a design perspective, 
I it's it's brilliant, you know, to to have that build up to uh, to seeing what you're going to get. Sean, look like you're about ready to bust. You, you have something to add to that? <laughs> no, I'm just that's my that's the emotions that I go through there. Uh, I, you nailed it. It's like I'm holding that button, and as it's building up, like my my blood pressure's going. Woo! And then it it pops and I pop and they're flipping and I'm like, there's a blue and there's a yellow. Well, what's going on? What's happening? And then they land and I'm like, ah, <laughs> duplicate, duplicate, yeah. duplicate. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. That that is like we we've all been like, and I at least myself, we've all been very positive about the game and you know have, have sung its praises. Um, the drop rate is the one thing that I just, I, I, there needs to be some kind of refinement to it. I feel like, I feel like it just, I mean, I'm getting a lot of new stuff, but the, the rarity of the things that I get seems to be, especially during this anniversary event, like I've gotten Jack squat and, uh, that's a little irritating, but I, I I hope they, hope they refine that a little bit, but that's my, my only complaint with loot boxes. So uh, I, I'd like to chime in on loot boxes because it is my main motivation for playing Overwatch currently. Um, first of all, it's I, okay. I want to talk about um, many of us have podcasts or shows where we have somebody else on it and we explain Overwatch to them and they go, what are you talking about? Because it is Look a, at you, Travis. <laughs> yeah. So like Jake explains it to Travis and he's like, so you're getting um aesthetics for your character that don't change the way you play the game and it's a first person shooter and you get to wear a new costume uh, that you'll never see and uh p1 says this to p2 all the time Catherine and i say it to chris on flock talk and they don't get it um but it really is what what jake was describing that whole um theatrical presentation of you scratching the scratch ticket and going cherry cherry come on lemon cherry cherry <laughs> you know and and that's kind of what it's like i think also um i'm in a very privileged position because Catherine plays overwatch as much as i do uh so when we're like halfway through getting experience towards another loot box and I'm like, I'm just done with this game. I'm done. I pass the controller off. Catherine's like, all right, I'll get us there. And we're at like our profile picture has four stars now. So we're level 406 or something like that. Because the only way we get loot boxes are are uh, are through playing the game. And, uh, and, and we force ourselves to play that game way more than we should. Oh, there's That's another good. way to... There's another way to get those loot boxes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I pretend that there is no other way to get those loot boxes. I, because smart. that, sir, is a Pandora's box. It Once sure you open that is. Pandora's box, there's no closing it. I didn't know that you could buy them for like the first three months. Um, I had no idea. And somebody said, oh, did you buy some? I was, there was an event that happened. I can't remember which the one was rooster. in the winter. The, yeah, you're the, the rooster. The rooster. And I, I was like, oh, there's some skins here that I like. I'd like to get those. And James was like, well, why don't you buy some loot boxes? And I was like, why don't I what? <laughs> and so I was like, he was like, yeah, you can buy loot boxes. And I was like, are you are you kidding me? So um, I was like, after that, it was just like Uprising. The Uprising event for me was, I, I mean, I know I talked about it earlier, but it was such a defining moment in Overwatch for me. The event itself, uh, playing with friends, playing with, with uh, strangers, the the history and the story in that event of uh, when you played as the strike team and when Overwatch designed the skins specifically for that I like when things match when things are uniform I mean I'm in the military so I, every day my my life is uniform um, 
But these skin, like it was all of the skins in this matched up. There was all the characters in their their Overwatch skins. It was uh, you know the Blackwatch team was in their Blackwatch skins, and I needed to have them. I had like I had to have all of these from this. I had to have the Null Sector versions of the Omnics. I had to have the the Overwatch versions. I I spent a hundred dollars. Um, on loot boxes in that event. Uh, is that Canadian or U.S.? 100 Canadian. <laughs> Don't tell, is Colleen home yet? I was like, <laughs> no, I spent 100 Canadian dollars on loot boxes. I bought four sets of 25. Now, in retrospect, I should have just bought two sets of 50 and saved myself you know, the price of a, a fancy coffee. But uh, I had to have them, and I got them all. I got them all. Yeah. But uh, oh, yeah. it's... Uh, now, the biggest thing that most people who... When I say that, you know, I like the fact that it's cosmetic only. That you don't. This is not a pay-to-win game. You know, mm-hmm. the, the game is you're you're only as good as the skill that you have and the people around you. So I like that they're cosmetic only. But the biggest thing that people are like, it's a first-person shooter. You can't see yourself. Like, well, I can see Reinhardt, so fist yourself. But um, <laughs> you see them. You you don't see these characters as you're playing them, but you see them in larger than life in the selection screen. You know, I mean, you turn the game on, and the first thing that happens is one of the one of the characters randomly shows up. So I have a, even characters I don't play as I have them in their most appealing skin to me, so that when I turn that game on, the first thing I might see might be Genji in his Blackwatch outfit. You know what I mean? It might be uh, Orisa as an OR as an OR fourteen from the Null Sector. You go into your character select, and it's a giant, you know, larger than life version of this character. You do something good enough throughout the match. You do one thing good in the match that is. Uh, high enough to be tagged as they play the game and then you see a little cutscene with the character in the skin that you chose and and such as you everybody sees that you know and it's like yeah. that that visual of those characters yes i don't see widowmaker as i'm playing as her as i'm sniping things out but i see her when i select her i see her when i get play the game that's never happened i'm kidding i have to watch my, <laughs> my own personal highlights for that but uh i don't know i the voice lines I like are they're entertaining. They're not as good for me, but the emotes and the skins, oh buddy, and the victory poses because we win so much. Um, uh, those well, things. Sorry, just really quick. Um, I just want to bring up that because loot boxes are the way they are, and the drop rates are so rare, and people are buying loot boxes. That's why we get the anniversary event for free. That's why we get all these new characters for free. Let's not forget that Blizzard is owned by Activision, so we really want this um, way to make extra money work for Blizzard. Because if it doesn't, things are going to turn into Call of Duty or you know other ways to paid DLC, which I don't want at all. I think that this method is amazing. I think it's really well done. And if it means throwing an extra buck, a few bucks to Blizzard, I think it's totally worth it. I agree. Uh, I, I, I totally agree with you there. And uh, I wouldn't you, doubt if they didn't make more money off loot boxes and they would offer selling season passes anyway. Because it's, yeah, um, you know, we, we, get, we get that, you know, charge from it. But one thing I was going to say about skins is the skins, at least some of them, do change the way your guns look or your whatever look. So I, I will say that you, even as a first person, you will get to see some changes in, in your weapon or tool of choice. And uh, that's also fun. Or Tor, you know, Tor Bjorn's turrets different. Uh, Junkrat's uh, rip tire is, is different based on, yeah, based on all those things. They, they all have a nice aesthetic and nice theme to them. Um, some of them are stranger than others. I'm looking at you, Anniversary Zarya skin. Um, that thing is weird. And it's one of the only ones that I've gotten in this anniversary event. And it's strange because I don't know that I'll ever play Zarya. We'll see. 
but the, the music changes with Lucio. That's, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, true. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So yeah, I mean, if you if you if you want to encourage Blizzard to continue doing this, I think I think throwing them a couple bucks here and there, you know, think think of it as a tip jar, right? You know, e- even if I buy two loot boxes for two bucks, um, it's not a great deal because you're probably just going to get a bunch of commons and uh and and one or two blues. Um, at least the odds are more most likely for that, but um, you know, it's certainly better than twenty dollar expansion packs, like like you said. But uh, the Along with this, I mean, we—I I brought up the new characters, right? We—we—we—we've we, been getting new characters, whereas in in other games, it's—it's it's, you know, this this new character is going to cost you seven dollars for Smash Brothers, or this new character is going to cost you ten bucks for Mortal Kombat, uh, you know. And there's not there's that game of the year edition of Overwatch that they released that has everything just on disc. I guess is the I guess that's the major difference. Um, I haven't even looked into that because. I have the game and I have everything that they've given and I need, I don't need to worry about them ever. You know, none of that, that will go away. Uh, and until the time when overwatch is no longer a thing, like I don't, I don't feel like overwatch two is in the works, which is, which is a good thing. Overwatch um, will be around forever because heroes never die. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, that that that's a that's a great segue. Let's let's talk about the sound and the the sound effects and the voice acting and, and those sorts of things. Um, so uh, obviously, all all of these characters uh, have have a number of different uh, voice lines that you can that you can say and assign to different different keys so that you can. I've I, I've almost gotten to the point where I wanted to try playing and only speaking in voice lines to my teammates. Um, when I'm not playing with you guys, like, but I haven't perfected that yet. Um, but I'm let's s- talk still, about that. I'm what- still trying to be able to shoot bad guys and Musty's over here perfecting languages. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are some of your, what are some of your favorite things about, about the sound design and about the sound effects? And we can go into music as well. Um, let's start with, uh, let's start with Eric. Well, I, I think my favorite thing is what we've just been talking about, which is the voice lines. I really, I really like that uh, there's sort of the pre-game chatter. I like that you can uh, you can customize um, so the characters all have their little lines, right? And they, there is voice acting. I guess I'll generalize it that way: that there is voice acting, that these characters have voices, and that they use them both, you know, in the pre-game to to talk amongst themselves, that they use them to uh, communicate events that are occurring within the game itself. I think, you know, those are hints that the game provides you as characters are talking amongst themselves that's done automatically and that you can get these voice lines, tie them to your 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 character and invoke them yourself when you want to. So I that, you know, you've talked about the music and some of the other things. I, to be honest, I never really noticed the music that much, but I do notice the, the, the chat, the, the voices um, uh, of the characters talking amongst themselves and, and that you can do that yourself. So I think that's my, fa- that's my favorite part about the sound. Um, yeah. Jake, how about you? Footsteps. That's my favorite part of the sound design is, is knowing like if you're, if you're, in a, you know, in a, trying to flank or if you're pushing and, and you have enough clarity, if it's, if it's quiet enough uh, 
you can pick out what character is approaching by listening for the footsteps. And from a design perspective, that is simply amazing because you can, you can call out who's flanking or who's attacking or who's behind simply by listening for the footsteps. And, and it's something that took me a while to, to sort of adapt to, but once you get it, you realize, okay, like I know that's a diva footstep. I know that's a McCree and you start planning how to counter them even before you see them. And that little underlying meta uh, within the game is just brilliant. And just another testament to how how much rock stars those guys at Blizzard are. Yeah. You know, I was going to, if I can comment on that real quick. Um, I At one point I contemplated playing Winston and uh, I ultimately never could because his footsteps annoy me. <laughs> I can't, I can't play with that pad, whatever that that sound is. It was like, oh, I can't play a whole game like this. But yeah, the footsteps, that's 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 right on. That's definitely a big deal. So you brought up, the the music came into question. I I wanted to bring up the way that a match swells to a conclusion, um, and how that last thirty seconds of of when as that timer is counting down, and how that. It makes every ending of a match feel epic, um, except when we're just getting actually absolutely destroyed, in which case then it's like, oh, well, at least this will be quick. Um, but th- there are times when you know that and, and in overtime where it's just the way that that music kind of keeps the the it raises everyone's pulse um, and it just kind of keeps things going. Um P one, what do you what do you think as far as the sound? Like, are there things that stick out to you predominantly or, or or for the most part is it is it just generally forgettable i love the sound i love the audio cues it's high noon um heroes never die uh nerf this you know what's happening based on what they've sound you know hammer like you know what's you hear high noon the first thing you have to do is duck or if you're anna snipe snipe mccree you know what i mean if you hear a bunch of german gibberish and then uh, uh the sound of uh, bits being lifted, you know the whole team just got resurrected, and all your hard work has been nullified by a mercy. Like I love that they, you can tell what's happening in the match. You can tell the flow of the match, how it's going, just based on what the characters are saying, just based on those voice lines. And it's, I, I've never played a game before where it was like that. You know what I mean? Um, you can ask for healing in the game, uh, and don't do it because we know you need healing. I could fucking see it on my screen, pal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're not getting healed because you're an asshole. If you would kill this tracer, I wouldn't have to, you know, do your job and then I'll do my job. But uh, specifically, <laughs> yeah, um, I like that the the audio cues, like these guys were mentioning, the footsteps, the sounds of the weapons. You know who's around you. You know what's happening, and you hear those audio cues for the ultimates, and that's the biggest warning. You hear that riptide, that or that uh, riptire, you know, start start up, and it's like, well, I guess I'm gonna be dead in about 38 seconds because it's the longest ultimate in the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I love, I love it, and I do, like you said, that I get that that overtime sound, that that end of the match music. If you're winning, you feel like you're on top of the world when you hear that. And if you're losing, you feel like a piece of dirt. They, they, it's Blizzard, and all they do is quality. You know what I mean? They're like the Rihanna of uh, video games. All they have is hits. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and and the crazy thing is, it's the same piece of music, 
right? Like yeah. whether whether you're winning or losing, it's the same music, but it has that effect. That effect. It, um, yeah. It's not the same. And, if, you, if you're <laughs> if you're losing, it's the Imperial March, and if you're winning, you know what I mean. It's Indiana Jones. <laughs> that's too funny. That's um. You lost me on the rip tire because I'm still waiting for it to get here. <laughs> no doubt. So well, one thing, and I, I we really didn't touch on this a whole lot, but but the the concept of ultimate attacks, we we've kind of peppered that in throughout this. Um, but talk about like let's just quickly hit on that before we move into graphics here. But like, what do you guys think of the ultimates, and do do you like are you a fan of your mains? Ultimate, I'm, you're probably going to say yes, but yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of Eric's Eric. ultimate as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll comment about ultimates if I can. Just sure. jump to the front of the line here. First of all, everybody else's ultimates happen way too frequently, and mine don't happen frequently enough. I don't know how people are doing that, but but you know, seriously though, all ultimates are one of those things. And and maybe this is what makes me a poor player, but. They're, they're the things that you you never I, – I, I never anticipate them, right? I'm never ready for them. And um, you never expect the other team to have them ready. And I think that's especially true. I find Mercy's res – her ultimate is to resurrect whoever's within a certain area. And I find it um, – it's incredibly powerful, right? Because a team can be thinking they've switched the tide. They've turned the tide. They've wiped out two or three of your people. And I'm going to come in there and I'm going to go right back and I'm going to put them all right back where they were. And, um, I think it can be when I, when that happens to me, when I'm on the other team and I see them all resin back up, it's like demoralizing. So, um, I, I don't know what my point is. Uh, the, the 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 ultimates are fantastic. They're a quick way to turn the tide of things. They can they can have a psychological effect on the other team, and I'm almost never ready for them. And the audio cues uh, are are perfectly timed. Some of them you can stop. Some of them you can avoid. And if you're quick and you're paying attention, you can get out of the way and um and basically nullify somebody else's ultimate so i think it's a great we've talked about how blizzard has done a great job we've talked about the touches they've done these ultimates are a fantastic uh, additional touch that that blizzard has added to to just add the you know add another dimension to the game and uh, another dimension to each of the characters and uh, i think it's fantastic that they're they're implemented yeah definitely um jake did you want to comment on on ults, yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I, you know, since my main, I guess I'm calling my main uh, Reaper at this point. I do like his ultimate. I, I feel like I'm not good at it, um, but I do like it. His is the Death Blossom, where he just sort of spins and shoots in every direction. And if you can, if you can time that thing right and flank behind the team when they're holding a point or behind a shield or something like that, it's devastating um, and uh, amazing to to pull off. Um, I guess another thing I'll comment on with ultimates is it usually only happens when you're, you know, in some sort of team chat or group chat or party chat when you're playing a game is the ultimate stacking where like you can plan your ultimates together. And there's some ultimates that are very much uh, like like Zarya's ultimate, for, for example, it's like gravitational sphere where it just pulls in anything that's nearby um, and just, you know, soaks them up. And then if you compare that with like a, a Farah ultimate where she shoots his barrage of rockets or a soldier where he's just got a bunch of targets right in a single area. 
um, that stacking is amazing. And um, it's something that I want to work more on because I think it's super effective. Um, but, you know, and to, to go back to our, our audio cues, uh, hearing, just hearing those ultimates, it, it like specifically the rip, the rip cord, the, the rip tire, it, it becomes a horror movie. Like it's like hearing <laughs> Jason's footsteps. You're like, I gotta get away. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta run. I gotta hide. And you know, you're not going to get away, especially if you're on the point or the payload, it's just not going to happen. Cause that's right where that thing's going. And, um, it, it can really change the, the tide of, a, of the way a match is going. And, uh, just, yeah, so fun. So Miles, do you want to you want to talk about one of the most annoying ones, at least for us, uh, May's ultimate? Oh, I, well, it, like Jake is saying, um, there's these things called wombo combos, and what you want to do is you want to pair somebody like a Zarya or a May's alt with uh, somebody like a Farah or um, I don't know, you, you know what I mean, like any tracer. any of those uh, tracer, um, and. I think it's probably the most important um, voice line in the game. Um, more important than I need healing is the one where your alt is ready. If you, if you're playing with a bunch of people you don't know and there's no voice chat and you say, my ultimate is ready with May, then somebody else will say acknowledged and then you know you're ready to do a wombo combo with that person. And it's kind of like an unspoken rule in quick play or arcade. People will do that for you. It's not a problem. So I, I've actually got plays of the game because I said my ultimate was ready before I did it. And it, people could get ready for it. You know, and, and it really helps out the team. Uh, the Rip Tire has come up multiple times, and I love that Jake said it was like a, a horror movie because that's what that character is all about. He's a uh, Junkenstein, you know? <laughs> um, with the Rip Tire, one of the things that you can do is corner the Rip Tire. So when you let it go, you can put it in a corner, and then the Rip Tire's noise stops, and then you can move the Rip Tire without people hearing it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, man. Yeah. And then it's a real horror movie. <laughs> oh, buddy. I'm, I'm not kidding. I hear that tire. I instantly start screaming for Musty or Fitnat or Jay, whoever I'm playing yeah. with. You're going to get it. You got to get it. It's going to get me. I don't know where it's, it's coming from. Eric, I think Eric has been killed every single time. He has never survived one. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. That thing every time. Yeah. So it's it's mechanic like the the thing I like so much about the sound and the music in the game is that it is um, mechanically relevant as well as flavorful, and uh, it adds to the the lore and the story of the game um, because of things like the footsteps. That's a very mechanical thing in the game, being able to recognize the footsteps and as they're growing closer, and also like calling out the ultimates. I'm so happy that the people who are doing the voice lines aren't going like if they're Winston, my ultimate and does the ultimate. Like they have a catchy one liner or catchphrase that does it. That's in character because that easily could have gone wrong. They could have just been like, say, here's my ultimate for each character, you know, but the game, the way it's made is, is just so perfect. And then there's the whole subculture uh, now where people are um, identifying the characters with the voice actors and now the voice actors are doing things on YouTube like their voice lines and people are going nuts or playing the game uh, in character or uh, there was a recent video that just came out of all of the voice actors doing the dance emotes from the newest event. Yeah, I was, I was, you segued me right into my segue. 
Uh, I, I was going to come back to the, the voice acting exactly for that. For that, um, I don't think I've seen in a, in a time when 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 a lot of voice acting is done solo. Uh, watching those people interact with each other and try to do each other's voices and stuff is just a joy. Like it's it's awesome. Uh, there's the there's one video out there that has the the actress for Sombra and the actress for Mercy sw- going back and forth and doing each other's each other's uh, voice lines in the other character. It's priceless. I I, I love it. Um, and they're mimicking and, each other like yeah. Like the some the the woman who plays Sombra sounds like Mercy when she does the Mercy voices. It's crazy what actual talented people can do. <laughs> well, and the guy the guy who plays Reinhardt, like you just look at him and then he starts talking. And you're just like, oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> I recently saw a video. I don't know if you guys saw it, where the the voice actor that plays Lucio started hitting on the actress who plays Diva. And they just did it all using voice lines within the game. And then the actor who plays Soldier 76 walks up and is like, I've got my eye on you. And just like looks at Lucio like, I was just like, oh, it's priceless. It's so good. It's so good. I love this they, stuff. They are having as much fun hanging out, ta- you know, being part of this game. It's a culture. It is a whole culture at this point. It's it's transcended being a video game. Sorry. You're you're absolutely right. I I, th- I think you are 100 right. And 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 the legs that this game has because of that. You know those those people will be will be known for those characters for a long 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 time. Um, and I think you came to a re- realization today, P1, about who McCree is. You want to talk about that for a quick second? Uh, Matthew. Matthew fucking Mercer plays McCree. He uh, he's one of my favorite voice actors. He's fantastic. You know him from Geek and Sundry, Critical Role. Uh, he's Leon Kennedy. He plays the voice of Crom or Ryoma in the Fire Emblem series. He's Tigris in uh, the the new uh, Thundercats. He's fantastic. He's one of the the coolest nerds I I know. And apparently he plays over he plays Overwatch. He is McCree's voice, and he trolls people while he's playing in the voice chat. <laughs> it's fantastic. fantastic. I love this game. <laughs> so let's 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 move on to to graphics here. Um, let's keep keep the keep the payload moving. Um, talk about let's let's talk about the aesthetic when it comes to how things look. This is a, overall is a very We've we've kind of mentioned that this isn't this isn't your standard shooter fare. There's it's not brown and grays and and uh, you know just repeated hallways. Um, so go ahead and comment on that. Let's start with P1. Let's start with you. This game is beautiful, um, visually stunning. The art style is great. I would happily play it in third person. This it's just I don't know. That's all I can say. It's gorgeous. It's got that traditional Blizzard sort of art style. That that feel to it. You can tell it's a Blizzard game when you look at it. Uh, and they crushed it. Every character is distinct. You can tell who's across the map, unless it's a diva out of her mech. But then you realize it's not a tracer because you can see her. Um, and uh, no, it's just, it's great. The characters all look great. They all have great varying options and skins, depending on what you like. It's beautiful. It's it's great. It's beautiful. It's good. Jake, how about you? Uh, I think the, you know, everything that P1 said was just on point. I think what I love about it is that 
you know, it's it stands out because every other shooter on the market is going for this dark, gritty, grays and browns, you know, rust-colored game. Uh, and then here comes this game that basically, just with its color palette, is telling you this game is about having fun and not about being some serious piece on, you know, uh, existence or the realities of war. And not that those games don't have a place, but that's not what they're they're going for here. And it differentiates itself just with the color palette. And um, I, I guess I could say, you know, character design when we're talking about graphics is second to none. And every every character is distinct and every character match like the, the voices match with the characters and the voices match with what the character does and the way the character looks matches with what the character does and the way you play it and it all just it's so you know if it was a venn diagram it would just be one big circle you know it's all just perfect yeah i'd agree with you there so uh when we talk about favorites right is there is you guys have a favorite look when it comes to like a map is there is there one map over the rest <laughs> Widowmaker's not a map. <laughs> you can't prove that. Wrong, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's go. Let's go. Favorite character and favorite stage. Um, save you for last P one. Let's go with uh, Miles. You you first. Uh, I like. I really like May. Like uh, the way that she looks. The design. I like all of her different costumes. Uh, we just unlocked the beekeeper May, so I was like, yeah. Um, and Ilios, I like Ilios. I feel like it feels very different than all the other maps. And as soon as that music starts, like you don't know where you're going, and it's like, duh, 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 duh. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. It's gonna look amazing. It's very Greek. Um, it's beautiful. Like uh, the architecture. Another thing I want to mention is that um, when they do events, Blizzard will outsource to a fashion studio to design. Uh, real like actual costumes or outfits that these characters could wear so they'll they go to the professionals as well and they get different samples of of, uh, of different uh, outfits that could go on their characters so they really they, they go all out eric how about how about you favorite favorite map favorite character you know i think i i don't know i, I guess in terms of aesthetics and and some other things i think I think I really like Diva as a as a character. I really like her her different costumes and her, the the emotes that she has. I think are really creative. There's one where she dances around in a circle with lights flashing, or she sits down and plays a game. And I just think that that her emotes are are some of the most interesting. And I, I like her costumes too. And she sort of got this dual mode to her with the in and out of the mech. So um, I think I'd have to pick her as one of my favorite characters right now. In terms of favorite maps, I. I was thinking about it a little bit, and I guess I'll say the Hollywood map. Um, there's always it seems very it seems varied. There's a lot of different portions to it, and you know, as I'm, I'm thinking of escorting the payload through that, there's there's sort of the place where you start, and I, if I'm thinking of the right one, there it, it kind of goes through a. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to say it wrong, so I won't I won't even commit to it. But it seems like it's a nice varied map, and I, I like that there's sort of these little hidden room I think it's got a good style to it so those are the two that came to mind Jake how about you 
a character design I still have to go with Reaper. I mean, that's that's why I picked him, and I, I still think it's he's got some of the best costumes, like the uh, Plague Doctor one, where he's got the big you know beak and the fringy cape, and then he's got the Mariachi one, where he's got like the sombrero and a guitar on his back and carries his shotguns around. With I can't help but feel that's a nice wink and a nod to like the Desperado series of movies, and um, I, I I love uh, his voice lines, and you know I also like that Purple is very centric to him. Um, uh, a lot of his costumes have purple in them, and I, I like that in my games. As far as maps, I think Eichenwald is my favorite, um, mainly just because you kind of get to see, um, you know, the the aftermath of this big war that happened, and there's, you know, all these bastion carcasses lying around, and the buildings are kind of half blown up, and it's a big castle, and it, it feels... Um, it feels pretty epic, and in terms of an, uh, a payload escort, I feel like it's probably the most balanced in terms of getting back to the payload if you're trying to defend. Because um, I feel like some of those maps, it just takes forever to get back to the payload if someone else is pushing it. And I feel like with Eichenwald, it's it's not uh, insurmountable to get back. And um, just just the architecture, the castle, you know, that final turn, getting into the, into the the final point to get the payload to. Um, I, I really just like the, the the look of that map. Excellent. And and P1, how about you? So pre-Uprising, my answer would have been um, Reinhardt, without a doubt. I love his design. I love his style. He's got half a dozen um, skins that I think are really on point, and I enjoy them. Uh, and even post-Uprising, he is, he is still, overall, I think... I, I have no issues with Reinhardt's design, but... Um, the Black Watch Widowmaker skin, specifically. Uh, I'm not a fan of the other Widowmaker skins. I don't really like any of them. Um, the high-waisted pants and whatever. The purple skin that she got because of the the uh, the tests that Talon did on her that turned her skin a different color. Those don't really appeal to me. But the Black Watch, uh, the Black Watch version of Widowmaker is, I think, the best-designed character in the game. And it, it, it was so appealing to me visually that it made me want to learn to play a sniper, you know? That skin specifically turned me away from I'm going to be the tank to I want to be a sniper. And that also syncs up with my favorite map. Uh, I like the the hybrid maps where it's capture the payload and then move the payload. So Eichenwald is up there for me. But King's Row, um, again, Uprising tied into that because that's where it took place. But I know that one the best. I have started finding hiding points in there as a sniper. You can get up on the statue and crouch down and look between the statue's legs, and you actually have almost free reign to pick off the oncoming team when they can't hit you. Um, so I, I, King's Row is my favorite map, and uh, Blackwatch Widowmaker would be my uh, my top choice, followed very closely by Reinhardt, just because he, he looks like that, that knight. You know what I mean? He looks like a paladin. I, I like them both very much. Yeah. But that, so for that, me, that I... That skin. <laughs> so I, I i think for me and and then we'll we'll shift to the next topic unless you guys had any last thoughts on the graphics um i was gonna it's tough for me but i think i'm gonna go with zenyatta uh i think he is from a design standpoint he is interesting that in a shooter he is one who does not have a weapon uh i it's been mentioned before that i i try not to I have a three-year-old son. I try not to force him out of the room when I'm playing games because I want him to, you know, embrace these things. And some shooters are just not appropriate for that age period. Um, but Overwatch, the Uprising event in particular, catered really nicely to that. Uh, and being able to play as a character who isn't wielding a giant gun in their hand uh, is is a is a nice 
thing to introduce to the mix, and I think that was uh, that's part of the reason why I, why I'm okay with that. Uh, Zenyatta is really cool in that he is he is this monk who is is an omnic who has sort of become enlightened uh, and has has these orbs and they're they're constantly floating around him the the emotes that he does with those are really cool the 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 way that uh the way that he moves through the map because he doesn't actually touch the ground he just sort of floats um is is really awesome and 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 i think there's more that happens for the people around him when because when i when i do uh when i throw out a, a orb of harmony or an orb of discord I, I, he spins for you guys Right, like he he does some kind of pirouette or something, and that doesn't happen for me. So you guys get an additional little thing when I'm when I'm, do, you know, going to work there, uh, and I think I, I I just like his character design a lot. I like some of the skins. I just haven't gotten like I haven't gotten the right skin for him yet. But I still think everything that they've done for him is 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 pretty cool. Um, favorite map? I brought it up earlier. I think Hanamura is my favorite map. I like the cherry blossoms. I like the that one. The color contrasts in there are just really nice i like the 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 big bell in the middle of the first uh the first objective point uh and then just the little the little touches that they have that you can see throughout that map um uh, if you watch that genji v hanzo uh it's the tale of two dragons was the short um a lot of the little touches in in hanamura were brought to my attention because of that uh and it was just kind of it was kind of like i mentioned earlier it's like wow, they really, they didn't. It wasn't just a designer saying, "Let's just put something here." There's purpose behind everything that was placed, and it's 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 really it's really quite cool. And not to mention, you get to destroy all those arcade machines at the start of Hanamura. <laughs> That's this is <laughs> it's also true. There's a lot of people who get really violent before games start. Like I, I do, I do that to get my team hype. I'll just spin around and shoot everything. If something can fly off a shelf, I will shoot it constantly, <laughs> and I do that to just psych my team up. Especially See, if I'm losing. <laughs> as as Diva, I, I just sit down to play a game, and then sometimes people will congregate, and those are some of the best moments because it's just like everyone's staring at, at Diva playing a game and crunching on some potato chips. Yeah, it's, the chips are a great <laughs> touch. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Okay, um, so let's move on. Uh, let's talk about lasting impressions and sort of your final thoughts on the game. Uh, you know, like, is this obviously... This is something I think we're all going to continue playing. I think we could probably save ourselves a few minutes on that. But uh, what do you think? Where can Overwatch go from here? What sort of changes could be made to the game? Uh, or what do you think? Uh, and what uh, what would help to get the outreach out there to have your friend, you know, to bring more friends in? There's the, the those who do and those who don't understand. Um, let's start with... P1. Let's go with you first. I'd like to see a dedicated PvE mode. I think that's a great way to also bridge people in who aren't so good at online first-person shooters. Um, and the way they're doing it is great. I mean, they're at 30 million users now, or 30 million players. Um, free weekends once in a while, sales, and event DLC, and just get people talking about it. And I mean, that's the, the word of mouth is the best thing for it. Uh, we all have different YouTube shows or, or podcasts, and there hasn't been an episode where we didn't say the words Overwatch. You know what I mean? And that's just us. There's, a, there's an entire YouTube channel called Your Overwatch based strictly on this game, and they've got like 400,000 subscribers or something. Like, 
just keep doing what they're doing. But I would like to have a, a dedicated PVE mode because this game is so accessible. You don't have to be able to build a Chrono Accelerator to play this game. You can have fun just uh, just walking in and be, you know being a nobody and not knowing what you're doing. Excellent. Good. I, I see what you did there. Miles, let's, let's go with you next. Lasting impressions. Um, I think that they're doing everything right. Like, I could make suggestions, but I really just think they just need to keep doing what they're doing because every time they announce something new, I get excited. And they announce new things so often. I Anytime I'm feeling burnout because I've been playing an event too much, um just to get those loot boxes i'm like okay i'm gonna be done with it for a little while a week later they're like oh hey hey miles i know that you haven't been playing games in a while maybe you want to check out these new skins maybe this new character will interest you maybe these new maps so like they're always gonna they're always gonna bring me back in um one thing that i would like to see a little bit more of is i think we're due for another uh, animated short soon uh it's been a little while since uh, the somber one came out uh, I'd like to see that one. Uh, I would also like to see more stuff from the the voice actors. Those videos are amazing. And I don't know if you guys watched the uh, Dino Flask videos of Jeff Kaplan saying really weird things. Like there's this guy who makes videos of every, every time that there's an Overwatch update, Jeff Kaplan comes out and he says a few things about what's going to happen in Overwatch. And then this other guy, Dino Flask, takes that and re-edits it into a super cut and it makes it amazing. <laughs> so I, I'd like to see all the subculture stuff continue because that uh, brings me into the game just as much as the game itself. And and Eric, how about you? Uh, would you suggest this to friends? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, in fact, I have been right. I mean, we we every every time we see a sale or something like that, I'm tweeting about it and trying to get people, trying to get people to get in, get in on it. And uh, um, yeah, I, I, I if I can, I want to I want to mention a story because there's no other place to do it, and uh, because I want to embarrass P1. And uh, I want I want to mention one of my favorite moments in the game, and segue that into an actual point. And that is, we were we had just respawned, and P1 was playing Reinhardt, and I believe I was playing Mercy, and we had both just died and respawned. And I said, "Okay, P1, I'm going to follow you in." And he said, "Hey, look at all the clocks in here." And if I can segue that into an actual point, it's it's that there is always something to discover about this game. And we've touched on this a number of times and we've touched on it in the levels. We've touched on it with the, 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 the sub, what do you, what do you want to call it? The subculture, the, the things that are happening outside the game, the fact that blizzard is constantly adding new stuff, the fact that they're doing that uh, free, the fact that the game is really accessible. So this game is really well polished and there's always something new going on. There's always something new to discover uh, and it can be done all with just the purchase price of the game. You can add as much support as you like to Blizzard through the loot boxes, but I absolutely would recommend this game to somebody else. I came in with very little interest in this other than I was going to play some games with my friends. But this game has legs. It's got a long life to it. Blizzard is doing everything to keep that interest going. And um, if you haven't got into it, you should not think of it as being too late to the party. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, uh, take advantage of the free weekends and, and the sales and, and all kinds of things and, and get involved. It's fantastic. 
There are a lot of clocks on that wall, I just want to say. <laughs> it was distracting. But there, there's there's little things like that all throughout. Because even in the uh, – I'm sorry to sort of jump in here. In the Hollywood map, um, the first guard shack, they're playing Hearthstone on the computer in there. If you go in that first that first guard, the first guard shack, you can see there's a Hearthstone game up on the computer. And that's another thing that distracted me one time we were playing. So <laughs> I like the shinies. <laughs> Well, one of the arcade games has a has a Terran fighting in it, I think, right? From StarCraft. Mm, has right. A, a Terran, uh, like, soldier guy. Sorry. <laughs> little touches. Jake, it's... Yeah, little little touches. Winston's uh, chalkboard. Mm. Jake. Jake, how about you? <laughs> Lasting impressions. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I think that... Uh... First of all, I think that the Blizzard has sort of made such a statement here. I mean, this is they're coming in. This is their first first person shooter, if you want to call it that, game they've ever made. Um, you know, they've made RPGs and they've made that's about it. You know, a card game, and they come into this space that's extremely competitive and hotly contested, and everybody's wants to make um, a shooter, and they come in completely. I won't say inexperienced as game designers, but they they not tested the waters with a first person. Uh, you know, team-based shooter game, and you know, here they come in and just dominate, and continue to support it. You know, and and uh, Miles mentioned, you know, Jeff coming in and and saying, "Hey, this is Jeff from the Overwatch team," and you 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 know, your heart just melts. You're like, "Yes, Jeff, we know who you are. We love you. Just tell us, just tell us what you wanna what you want us to know." And he just, you know, he explains what's going on. You can tell he loves the game. He loves the characters. I love how he points out any time that there's a new design or, or something like that. He'll go into detail about the names of the people who made the stuff. And there's just you know, so much, you know, without getting savvy, it just feels like there's a lot of love that goes into this game. It does not feel, even though it is a product, it almost at times does not feel like a product. It feels like, you know, uh, just this big labor of love. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm, going to be playing this game for years and you know i'm just one of those people that i, I love the community around it like I, I have an overwatch wallet right it's a black leather wallet with an embroidered overwatch logo on it and i was at jersey mike's the other day i pulled out my wallet to pay and the guy behind the register is like you have the coolest wallet in this building and starts telling me that he's got three playstation fours and him and his two kids play together all the time and told me his rank and all this stuff and i'm just like i love that you know it's just this unspoken community um that when you when you kind of get together you realize how much there is and how much uh how much people love this game and it's just it's un, i won't say unprecedented but in modern gaming i think it's unequaled and uh i'm such a fan that's excellent yeah for me i i can only echo what, what you guys have said i think i think this this i i regret not taking this game seriously when i could have from the start uh, but with that said having jumped in when we when when i did was the right time uh and it i think that game means more because i didn't try and muscle through it single player if, if i had just gone into this myself and just playing with uh pugs is that what you call them pugs yeah pickup group yep <laughs> there you go um <laughs> If I had just done that, this game probably would have burned. I'm only speculating. Uh, 
I probably wouldn't have grown as attached as I have, but but because of the way, because of the you know the the culture that it's fostered, uh, this game this game means a lot uh, at this point. And um, again, just it's it's visually stunning. It has a Pixar esque quality to it, uh, and and the fact that Blizzard is supporting it on this multimedia approach with it's not just the game, it's it's the videos and it's the it's the um, it's the comics and it's it's all this all this lore building. It's it's something that I really like in games is when the world gets fleshed out uh, and it's something that they do and it and it, it's out there for me and it's something that I that I can go get. So yeah, I I think this game this game is excellent. I would recommend it to everyone. Uh, and you know, there the barrier to entry is is. And the learning curve is really, if you if you have the right people, the learning curve is not that bad. And it's you will find somebody who caters to how you want to play. If you want to shoot, you want to support. Uh, there is a role for everyone in this game. Uh, and yeah, couldn't speak more highly of it. I, I feel like we've had a, a pretty overwhelming uh, gush fest on this uh, on this so far. So um, P1, let's let's kick to you then uh we gotta hit our three word reviews right yeah so that's what we think of overwatch um obviously we all love it it's a game that has strengthened friendships has built bonds and uh, has been a ton of fun but let's hear what the uh, community thinks about it so we reached out and asked everybody for their three word we reached out and asked everybody for their three word review uh to have your three word review read on one of the shows just make sure you use the hashtag cc3wr so first up from the facebook page um, Jonathan, uh, also known as Stumptown Retro, has uh, given us his review of Anyone Can Play. Uh, and that's, I mean, we've said that a hundred times today so far. It's a hundred percent correct. Next up is the Game Grinder. Uh, and he says, 250 hours played. Holy Hannah. Um, that's a, <laughs> Holy Hannah Mora. That's a lot of hours. <laughs> uh, so then we kick it over to, to Twitter. We've got um, Old One Eye. He says, I need healing. And, uh, <laughs> Great. Good for you, pal. Good for you. Go find a heal. Go find a heal pack. Uh, WGS Matt, also known as AD Defense, um, the the Tony Hawk, uh, the unofficial Tony Hawk champion. Uh, he has three. I'm going to read them all off because they're all good. It's Algo Hanzo, FPS for everyone, and that Blizzard Polish. Uh, and they're all correct. Next up, Jacob Shaw says, May is Bay. Uh, and he has an alternative one, which is Junkrat. Bring, bring. <laughs> and I've scared Very myself. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Derek from the Two Dorks. Derek actually plays on Xbox One with an adapter so that he can use mouse and keyboard to give himself an unfair advantage over the rest of us plebs. But his is best on PC, which I think is probably accurate. And uh, Fitnet says something that everybody, I think, at some point has said, whether you're in a quick play or a competitive match or arcade, and that is play the objective. So that's from the from the community here. We're going to find out what our guests think, what the panel has for three-word reviews. And I'm going to start with Eric. Eric, what is your three-word review of Overwatch? Don't pass over. Yes, uh, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Mr. Miles. I would have to say Blizzard owns me. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Jake, what do you have for a three-word review of Overwatch? Uh, as a Reaper main, uh, die, die, die. 
Nice. <laughs> Musty, I'm going to ask you for yours as I frantically try to decide which one I'm going to settle with. What is your three-word review for Overwatch? Uh, I'm stuck on two as well. Embrace this game. <laughs> nice. And lastly, I'm going to say this out there. Anybody who has played Overwatch, if you're one of the 30 million uh, people who, who have enjoyed this game, uh, this is for all of you. My three-word review is Heroes Never Die. I guess that's sort of a cop-out, but whatever. It's my show. Um, (laughs) That is the show, folks. This went much longer than I thought it would. Not surprised. It's a game that we all love. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, taking the time to go with us on this journey of Overwatch. And as well, uh, I want to thank Musty uh, for being and filling in his P2. You did a fantastic job. I think your uh, topic segues are better than his, so we might have to have a contract discussion soon with p2 um and i want to thank the the panel for being here you guys uh i play overwatch with you eric and jake and miles um i am i know i am strongly considering buying this game on uh, the better console and then getting playstation plus just so i can play with you uh so i can hear that hello on a a more regular basis but thank you for being (laughs) here um please tell everybody your twitter handles so they can follow you and where they can find you jake uh, I am at the McAxel. That's T H E N C A X L. I'm there on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. And definitely check out his podcast, Polykill. Um, you won't be disappointed. Miles, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter, it's uh, Catherine and I are both on Twitter at Flock of Nerds and uh, YouTube.com slash Flock of Nerds. Excellent. And their podcast, Flock Talk, also. I know I say. Uh, there's so many greats. It's just, it's like Overwatch. You know what I mean? Uh, Miles is my Widowmaker, while Jake is my uh, my Reinhardt. And uh, Eric, where can they find you? <laughs> uh, on Twitter, you can find me at MightyQDog, D-A-W-G. And you can find me on YouTube there and on Xbox Live. Same same name. Excellent. And Mr. Musty Hobbit. Yes. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Musty Hobbit, M-U-S-T-Y-H-O-B-B-I-T. And on YouTube, it's uh, youtube.com slash C slash Musty Hobbit. Uh, and, of course, the Cartridge Club website, cartridgeclub.org. Excellent. Uh, uh, again, thank you for listening, folks. I have been Player One. CC Unite. <laughs>